Welcome to another edition of Mass Mats and Ma'am. I'm your host, the Outlaw at A Red. You can find me on Twitter at Justin Harvey75. You can find the entire show on Twitter at MMM Show75. And we are back. Wow, Byron's got a feedback loop going. You're not supposed to listen to the chat room while we're doing the show, dude. Yes, I'm a big fan of the show. Fucking house with the fat dick for your motherfucking mouth. What's up? <laughs> Earning our explicit rating early today. Um, I was just having a conversation with a yeah. podcaster friend about getting the big E on your podcast. And I basically explained it. If you have the real Lucha Green going on your podcast, they put that big E on it. It's mandatory. It's pretty much mandatory. <laughs> Dude, it's going to be Byron Fever. Gonna be where Send me money. Yeah. Who, who are you? Byron Fever at Byron Fever? At Byron Fever. <laughs> Send me money. I have a man. I have a Manhattan rent to pay. What? So. I thought you said you have a man crush. Who's your man, man crushing on? Uh, fucking um, Steve Blackman. Give a shout out to Steve Blackman. He's kicking all of his problems in life, and Mr. Craps for saying something about something, but he said Orlando, and I was just in Orlando with my crew watching NXT. You could see us on the recent and the next three episodes of NXT. Did you get some good nuts. camera time? Uh, on this one, no. Uh, I mean, we're ringside, so on a certain camera, you'll see us. However, Wes Kane, one of my uh, uh, the, one of the stars of the Vanilla Ice Project, um, I, I shit you not. Any time a wrestler would walk to the ring, he would stand up and he would yell "Hey!" until they looked at him, <laughs> and then he crotch chopped them. <laughs> wow, <laughs> he took it straight uh, Attitude Era late '90s crotch chops, huh? And he's louder than everyone, including the music. And when he stands up, he's almost bigger and taller than the midget wrestlers in the ring. How old is he? Like, what what era of wrestling is he down with? Like, where what what oh. century is he from? We talk Harley Race. We watch old Ric Flair interviews back when he's back when Tony Schiavone had a decent jacket so on. Did you tell, him, yeah, did you tell totally. him a story about Harley Race shocking Owen Hart's butthole with a taser? I did not tell him about that. Uh, he knew about Bruiser Brody. He used to watch it with his dad or his stepdad all the time. Uh, he actually is, you know, it's a thing from his childhood that he kind of rekindled, and we have a lot of fun. We oh, get, well, maybe we'll have to have him on to talk about one of these. One of these yeah, dude. Yeah. That'll be fun. He's asleep by now because we work really hard. He works hard. I well, watch him. You, you watch him work really hard all day. I've been working pretty hard on my damn show. That's all I can tell you. So for anyone who's mad at our schedule recently, like, look, we did our very, very best to keep the uh, Lucha Underground train alive during the hiatus, especially at the beginning. We had lots of big guests on and whatnot. But, you know, now now that I am gainfully employed in making a television show myself, the schedule has been a bit harder to keep. So be thankful. We're back. We're going to try to keep hitting our Thursdays. Try to get a few guests lined up if their schedules hit our Thursdays, and if they don't, fuck them. Um, yeah, you know what? I have to say, uh, if you are upset with our schedule and lack of podcasts, you could suck our dicks because you're not paying us. <laughs> well, Byron Pay is. Us. So Byron can be as upset as he wants to be. Because well, Byron is definitely I, the I, money I, mark I, around I, here. Dude, my check fucking straight up bounced to fucking Byron Heyman over here, fucking sending rubber checks. Hey man, he's my own personal Billy Corrigan, so I'm I'm really happy and thankful to have Byron here. Hey, Billy Byron. Corrigan bought uh, NWA. What what do you think he got? Do you think how much change from his twenty dollar bill he used? 
<laughs> I mean, what do you get when you buy NWA now? What exactly comes with that property? Like, you, you get, don't even like, get the belt anymore, do you? <laughs> you get like a medium fry. It's a dome belt with the little circle in the middle. You don't get like big gold. You get like little domey, as I call like it. Like the original Luthez title? Yeah. I mean, you get a bunch of. You get a pair of fucking wool tights. You get a bunch of independent people still trying to run like territories that, you know, are propping up some South Midwest NWA tag champion belt or whatever. Right. I mean, like, what do you get? Shit, man. You're totally you're totally shitting on my new idea of fucking NWA Boyle Heights since Lucha Underground hasn't been taping. Uh, so, guys, I don't know if I mean, we're we're big podcast people. I'm having a little bit of difficulty. Um, I'm trying to invite a really big name in the podcast world, John B, to our podcast. Uh, maybe some listeners know a John B. I'm trying to get him in. Oh, I maybe think I, I might have to do it from, from bust out the Ouija board. Is that what I should be doing? Should you what? That bust out the fucking Ouija board. Spoilers. Maybe. Well, if he comes on the show, then we're going to definitely address some things that were said in his world. But we'll see if John B shows up or not. I need need some more John B. I want to talk about a few things saying, tonight. If you don't, if you don't listen to other podcasts, just don't. It's fine. If well, listen- other podcasts apparently know who you are, Casey, because some mad shit got talked about on you. But I'll get to that. I don't know if we should start okay. right off with that. Can I think you guys might want to. You guys might want to stay around for that hot take because I have a feeling Casey's working one up, and we got to get to it before he has to go get his tech in. So oh, we'll get there, but. Maybe not yet. I just want to say that it's good to know that someone almost loves me. Thank you, Krista Joseph. It means a lot. Jesus Christ, you're such a shill. People think I'm the shill or J-Man's the shill, but I think it might be Money Mark Byron over here. I I see it's Money Mark Byron and the fucking Swamp Thing featuring Casey this week and because he's a plant. All right, so we're... Look, yeah. we're teasing it a little bit. Let's let's get right down to the nitty-gritty. Let's talk about some Lucha Underground. Finally, Lucha Underground has returned to the El Rey Network. Wait, what? First of all, happy birthday to Vampire. I know, like, if you looked on your TV guide, you may not have known Lucha Underground was coming back if you have DirecTV, but, in fact, a new episode of Lucha Underground did, in fact, air last night. You know so, what? It's back. not just DirecTV. It was like that on fucking... <laughs> was it on yeah. Time Warner 2? Yeah, Time Warner, whoever the fuck took us over that fucking sucks. They said the same Spectrum. thing. Spectrum. Spectrum. There we go. Yes. The failed Santa Clarita gym Spectrum. Byron knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. To be fair, to be fair, um, Impact recently and in prior ownerships, prior editions of uh, the company, they have had entire episodes completely preempted by reruns or commercials. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's so hope they, they, look, they're on the uptick, though. Let's give TNA a little bit of art. Sorry, Impact, the owl. I don't want the owl to poke my fucking eyes out. Impact. Let's give Impact a little bit of a break. They're they're starting to turn a corner. I can't say I've watched a ton of the product just because it. Uh, I don't get pop, so I have to mm-hmm. seek it out online. So um, I do watch Impact every now and then, but not. I'm never current enough on it to talk about it on the show. So. For all the people who are working hard at Impact, I appreciate you. I'm just not watching your program live yet. So until I find a way, until it shows up on Sling, which I'm going to apparently have to pay another fucking $5 for. Have we even talked about that on the show yet? It oh. sucks. Mm. I might, I'm, I'm debating um, uh, just doing the iTunes thing. So for people who don't know, 
um, Sling has been one of the best ways to get the El Rey network. Um, it's a pretty good deal. You can watch it anywhere. I travel a lot for work, so does Byron. So it's really convenient to have Sling. You know, you get a couple of three stations, but one of those has been El Rey. And there's not a ton of stuff on Sling. It's what, you know, they call a skinny package. But then all of a sudden I get this fucking email, mm-hmm. what, a week and a half ago that says, um, oh, and by the way, we're moving uh, El Rey network to the comedy tier which was like, what the fuck? Along with a bunch of Viacom yeah, properties. Like that's MTV what happens when you make sexy star the fucking champion. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Look, she was, she is a good champion. She held the title with pride and dignity and honor. I think the other channels on the comedy tier aren't even comedy channels. Like, they need to rename the tier, first of all. And second of all, they need to not charge me another $5. I'm already only getting Sling to watch El Rey. Yeah, like maybe I watch ESPN or a couple of those stations every now and again, but that's the only reason I'm watching fucking sling and they got me. It's like, oh, we know you're watching for El Rey. So we're going to charge you five dollars extra. Fuck you. It's like poor El Rey can't catch a break. I can't catch a break. I just want to watch Lucha Underground and not just the old episodes that are on Netflix now. Like, can I get first run? You know, El Rey on any kind of decent cable package or streaming or something like it's not a bad network. It's a good fucking network. It shouldn't yeah. be getting the disc that it's getting from these other fucking companies. Pisses me off. Yeah, Sorry. I blame man at arms. You know what I found out? I found out when I was switching the channels on my TV here in this wonderful Melbourne beach apartment that I'm living in for the sixth month in a row. I have the El Rey network oh, here. Yeah. I could have okay. canceled. I you're in Florida. Time. You're in fucking Melbourne. What? You're in Melbourne. That's in Australia, not Florida. No, no. Mel- Melbourne, Florida. I'm Melbourne. not in Melbourne. I'm in Melbourne Beach, Florida. Oh, shit. Is Andre Nichols there? Because he's from Australia. Yeah. Hey, hello, Andre. I don't even need sling right now. Hey, Andre. Oi, oi, oi. Aussie, Aussie, okay. Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. Look. Anyway, so. Um, the the thing sucks. It sucks. Like, oh, and speaking of their new shows, I don't know much about Man at Arms, but I thought Rite of Passage looked pretty sweet. I'm down with that one. I don't know Dude, about that Baja show that came on after Lucha Underground. That seemed a little like I didn't get it. It was like just a lot of people talking. I wanted to see a fucking race. I didn't get what was going Let on me there. Tell you about Man at Arms, Justin. He is the penis shaped T Man character. Oh yeah, green and orange, and his name's Duncan, and he sucks. And what, did he get his own spinoff show? Like with the with yeah. his penis helmet head? Like he looks like yeah. a bad version of Darth Vader. Yeah, but you know, just like the action figure, they forgot to give him the mustache, which pissed me off so fucking much as a kid. Like you don't even know how much I wanted that toy to have a fucking mustache, and he didn't. Why did they give him a mustache on the cartoon just? I could do a whole fucking podcast on this mustache, and I would like to. Yeah, go for it. Look, tell John B. He's got to send me his email address. I have to send the link, and he has to open my link. I don't think anybody else can send it to him. Ugh. 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 Yeah, I know you want all the power, but I've got all the power. That's a problem to get on the podcast. Can I just call him Mark Merrow? Jesus Fuck. Christ. All right, so listen. Um, another shout-out. I want to say happy birthday, uh, belated birthday to Vampiro, one of my favorites of all time, regardless yeah, of what no, anyone thinks about him. Um, and you know, say what you will about Vampiro today or helping AAA or whatever you think about his Lucha underground commentary. I've been a, a little bit of a mark for Vampiro for a long time. Dude's dope. Deserves a birthday. He deserves one day every year. 
damn it, Vampiro, yesterday was your day, and it was pretty sweet that it was his birthday on the same day that Lucha Underground was returning. I thought no, that was no, really no. fitting. It was what? sweet that, you know what, I want to I wanna give a birthday shout-out to fucking Jimmy, who's been on this podcast countless times and has the same birthday as Vampiro, just like you two have the same birthday, which what? is fucking weird. Fifth, fifth, string vamp- fifth string Jimmy? You want to give him a shout-out? Jimmy Cinco. No matter what people say about Jimmy, you know, about Iron Fist, for example, uh, I've been a mark of his for a really long time, and I think he deserves just one day. So happy birthday, Jim. Happy birthday, Jim. Wait, what's wrong with Iron Fist? Is it his fault Iron Fist sucks? Is that Jimmy's fault? (laughs) Yes, yes. It's all Jimmy's fault. I know this. Jimmy, I mean, well, Jimmy's the only person that we know that maybe had the ability to stop that. Like, shouldn't he have raised the red flag and been like, guys, let's not do this? I know somebody that probably could have stopped. I know somebody else that probably should have stopped it. Well, you need to send that person an angry email. Okay, let me call him up. (laughs) Okay, thank you. Look, I like like Jessica Jones. Some people didn't like it. I, I really liked Luke Cage. Daredevil was the shit. Iron Fist was bad and i also want to say this i think the new guardians of the galaxy is a hot steaming pile of colon scrapings no i haven't seen it i thought it was disjointed i thought it was off kilter i thought the jokes were trying too hard i I just like it was so close too like it was so close it could have been really really good like kurt russell actually played it right too and i just for me it fell flat and i'm hearing that wonder woman's really good I don't know if I buy that. I think that like DC has set the bar so low now that anything that's not a hot steaming pile of crap, all of a sudden the DC fanboys just think that it's something glorious, just like Marvel fanboys thought that, you know, GOTG 2 was good. It's not. It's just not a good movie. I'm sorry. It's not. I don't want to do this podcast anymore. (laughs) Well, you liked it? You like Guardians 2? Yes! James Gunn is oh, my homie, man. Come on. James Gunn's my bro. I he love, was close. I love there, he's never made one thing that I've hated. Ever. Ever. But, Until this movie. You forgot that part of the sentence. Until this movie. I like this movie. I had fun watching it. Oh. Me and, uh, I forget who the fuck I saw it with. I it mean, what a- part about it did you like? like? His brother getting the fucking whistle stick thing at the end? That, that's the part that you like? The nepotism? I liked when fucking little Jimmy Urine from uh, Mindless Self Indulgence got like killed by an arrow. That was dope. Like, cause he's the shit. And uh, he was also in Lollipop Chainsaw, the great game that James Gunn wrote. Fuck yeah. And, I'll tell you uh, what was way better time spent. The four episodes of the new Twin Peaks that already debuted. Haven't seen it. Mostly because Michael Bisping is in there. Oh, you guys gotta watch it. Like, drop two tabs of acid and watch that shit. That'll be good times. They took out all the really weird, mundane, stupid soap opera stuff and just went with like the creepy off the wall side of the whole thing. Like, I'm not going to ruin anything. Honestly, I could probably sit here and try to describe all four episodes that have already aired to you and it would not ruin it for you because there's no way to describe the inner workings of David Lynch's brain and Mark Frost. I'll give him some credit too than other than just watching it. Please, please watch those four episodes. Even if you didn't watch the original series, it's, it's something totally unique to television right now. The new twin peaks, you know, me me and Kevin, we're very inspired by David Lynch. And we, when we were writing our cartoon together, we would go get our pie at the magical Bob's big boy. 
we would discuss all of our stuff there. It's, I love it. it. It's important. good stuff. Uh, yeah, dude. Fucking um, Maholan Drive. I can do a whole six-hour podcast on that shit. But oh, it's it's great too. There's just something something totally unique, unique there. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's get back to Lucha Underground. Um, do we have to? Yeah, because here here's okay. So here's where I'm at with this. Okay. Last week, I'm like, <sighs> sigh. Lucha Underground's coming back. Am I excited about this or not excited about this? Like a year ago, if you had asked me about any kind of Lucha Underground coming back, I would have fucking marked out so hard. I would be like, fuck yeah, Lucha Underground's coming back. This is going to be the shit. I can't wait. But yeah. a week ago, I'm like, fuck. And I mean, I think we even talked about it a little bit in the DM and whatnot. I mean, the the level of excitement was just like, eh. Yeah. And I think that was for more people than just me, right? Yeah. Um, our friend, uh, Cubs fan, took a little poll. Um, 200 people answered. Um, you guys want to say it nicer than I will right now or what? No. Well, the thing it, is, answer the go, question. Go, I mean, I, go ahead and say what okay. happened. So, so 200 people answered this poll, and half of them said – that either they stopped watching the show before the hiatus or that the hiatus killed the show for them. Um, I know the now, people. I Cubs. do have to take it with a grain of salt, though, because a lot of the people that follow Cubs fan are true Lucha Libre fans. Right. Right. And I'm sure they quit watching when Sexy Star won the belt. But that may, in fact, be true. Yeah. And I know a lot of those. I know a lot of those people were heated about that for sure. Yeah, and it's uh, because they've seen her work for 10 years and never improved. But, uh, you know, it is what it is. I mean, we're still watching. Yeah. And we're still talking about it. Uh, this episode, I give a zero out of five. Wow. Um, okay, I'm not going there, but wow. I thought it was know, really you good. You guys know my ratings criteria here. Um, is Pentagon on the episode and did he win? Those are my two ratings points. And um, <laughs> and none of those things happened. So it gets none of those rough. things happens. No one even asked, dude. Where the fuck's Pentagon? I mean, you know, I didn't even see like me in a Pentagon shirt in the crowd because I wasn't at this taping. So was, the show was severely, severely handicapped because it wasn't built for a for the break. So you don't have a real cliffhanger, and you don't have something coming back. Coming back to an episode that only features two people. That it, it's just it, it wasn't okay, but that's unfortunate. I, that's unfortunate. I think even the people who work at Lucha Underground, yeah, uh, that's not their fault. It's not all. their fault. I think DJ just, and EV Dub would even say that that was not yeah, ideal, yeah. but they didn't have a choice with, yeah. when they found out about the hiatus and how they were forced to go into it because they couldn't come, they couldn't leave the hiatus with that episode either. I mean, now that you've seen the ending, you know why they weren't. I don't think they were ready to go further past that. No. So, Whatever, but, but I mean, it, look. It just—it's just it's the way the situation was. It basically cooled Lucha Underground off a whole bunch, and also, uh, we talk about it being a TV show. It's—it uh, behaves in very non-conventional ways for wrestling fans. This is another non seasons are non-conventional, and having just it stopping in the middle. This is where wrestling fans go. Oh, the company's done. Well, exactly. We talked about that a ton and everyone felt that for a long time. But at the same time, this is what Walking Dead did that second season and everybody was like, huh, what? Why? Why are there zombies coming after them in a farm or whatever? And now we're taking a break. 
And there's yeah. more of this season. Like people just didn't understand the midseason hiatus thing. And hey, at least it wasn't like Walking Dead where they fired all the fucking writers and showrunners in that midseason. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Oh well, that's depe- that depends on how much you like the writers and showrunners, Casey. And we'll get to that. Oh, yeah, I like two of the three. Yeah, I do <laughs> think though uh, we were all there for that for the finish of season three. I do think that Lucha Underground will build back steam. All right, well, and, and we'll get to that. So here, here's where I go, here's where I come in on this. There is one person that really convinced me how much I loved this episode. I went into it completely skeptical. I wasn't terribly excited for the return, like I, I was hoping to be. I mean, I've also been really distracted at work, and I've been busting my ass doing my day job. So. You know, it's a little harder for me to just be focused on it and thinking about it. So it was kind of like this afterthought. And there was one person that really convinced me how much I absolutely loved this fucking episode. Because I did. I love this episode. And you know who that one person is? Was it you? Was it? It was (laughs) me. Yeah, it was me. I'm not. And you're totally right. I saw two minutes into it, it, but it wasn't even seeing myself. It was seeing how much fun I had remembering me, you, Jamie sitting there. I don't know where the fuck case was. Case was probably in the parking lot on the phone Um, (laughs) or not there that day or sick. Maybe that was one of his sick days. Anyway, um, I'm I was like, oh, fuck, that dude is having a good time that. Yeah. And it made me remember before I even saw the rest of the episode, I was like, I remember how fucking lit this was. I remember how much I love this angle. I remember how much I love this match. I remember how much I love the max work. I remember how much I was popping hard for it. I was letting Mundo heal out. Like this was this was the moment to me where Mundo finally inhabited the gimmick as the perfect heel. So I mean, yeah. we could talk about the finish in a minute, but just the match. You go into it the first ten minutes. Awesome classic grappling style match then they start getting into some indie style flippy shit you know Mm -hmm. and and mundo's up ahead you know two falls and i'm sitting there and i'm watching it and i'm finding myself getting fucking hyped up about lucha underground again like i was hyped to do this podcast i was hyped about the show i was hyped about everything by 10 minutes into watching that episode last night you yeah. know what? You know what's what's the the announcing team didn't point this out, but I thought it was kind of cool. Is that Johnny won the first fall clean? So if he would have picked any other kind of match, he would have won and not had to go through all that shit. Which is pretty funny. That's true. That's very true. I, I do. I do really like because um, Mundo has been coming into his own, and and he gets a lot of compliments for rounding his game out. But he does a lot of like weird flippy stuff where it depends on where the other guy is, where the announcing really did a good job explaining that and how that affects how yeah, we do he, and how his, he, he wins after a finish where a guy has to be lying in a specific spot near a corner post. And he was able to, and it, there are moves like the RKO or whatever that can come out of nowhere or, or you can reverse in that way. You know, you don't, you have, you know, makes it more exciting. And he was able or to. like the fucking stunner, Byron. <laughs> or the <laughs> stunner, bastard. God, but they were able to shows up. that flippy moonsault into just like a counter. He was able to just counter Mac real quick and hit his move and win. And like, it's, it was really cool how Mundo is taking that offense that makes him unique. 
but still put it, you know, get that psychology behind it and, and incorporate it. Yeah. And the, but see, and to me, and these were the things that I'm sitting there and watching and it's like, I'm noticing them again. And I had forgotten about them. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. It's like, you know, we spent a lot of time trying to hype up Lucha Underground going into the hiatus. We talked to a lot of the performers, even trying to keep them excited about their own product because some of the performers, no bullshit, were kind of down on things because they didn't want a fucking hiatus. That doesn't help them get over. That doesn't help them raise their indie booking fees and, right. you know, get more TV time. There's there's performers that are still fucking heated. That's no bullshit, and everybody knows it. It's No one can sugarcoat or candy coat that at all there are performers that are fucking hot at the situation with lucha underground because they invested a lot of themselves in it it was a cool locker room it was a cool experience and all of a sudden somebody pulled the fucking e-brake on them and everything that they were working for was just like yanked out from under them and it went on this fucking cooler ass hiatus that just fucking killed a lot of the product but then i watched the episode and i'm like god damn it i'm pissed because Guys that I do trust, like Casey and Rob Viper and Urban and J-Man, and everyone's just like, fuck, this isn't the way it used to be. This is not what it used to be to me, and that feeling is gone. That feeling is absolutely gone for a lot of people. I'm lucky. I got some of it back because I saw myself Mm. sitting in the front row, and I remembered the tactile yeah. experience of sitting there. I got the last beer at the end of the night from Dario that night. I remember drinking that fucking Modelo. It was fucking great. And I was pissed that Casey wasn't in there because I was like, damn it, that should have been Casey's beer because Dario's looking around. Yeah. And like, I'm the only face he recognized on that side. And he just handed me the fucking beer. And I'm like, cool, great. I got the last fucking beer in the house. This is awesome. Like, I remembered all of that. I remember popping I popped for Son of Havoc that day. When has that ever happened? It's going to have That's how much Whoa. fun I was having. I popped for yeah, Son of okay. Fucking Havoc. Son of Fucking Havoc. Let me say something. Congrats on sticking the Mac, who is one of my favorite wrestlers I've watched come up from the beginning with my two least favorite Lucha Underground characters. <laughs> they really did. <laughs> now, can you, I mean, can you remember the time in Lucha Underground when Son of Havoc was supposed to be a heel? How bad a yeah. fit was that <laughs> compared to, I mean, look, as much as you may hate him, that run in and what he did there and what his character is about as this almost overly obnoxious baby face is so perfect for who Matt is as a person and for the son of Havoc character and just how he inhabits the whole ring and the whole gimmick. Like he has to be the retarded baby face that is never going to make a good choice, but he's only going to make a stupid baby face choice. <laughs> That is you know, like the perfect gimmick yeah, for him. I don't I don't really I don't think I really hate Son of Havoc as much as I hate 99% of his fans. Uh <laughs> it's it's just annoying. Oh, oh look, Smashley's one of his fans. I like Smashley. He's in the one yeah, percent. Cool. Like, well I like Son of Havoc, I like his fans, but he has a certain, you know, he has a certain place. And I think not what he, he says in the He's like son of, son of sucks dick. Uh, when he when he was, oh, I think that was me. When, when Son of Havoc at, at one of the Ultima Luchas, when he had the underdog sort of tournament thing, where he was he worked his way up to get a championship opportunity. No one really thought, oh, this is the guy. However, everyone was coming. Everyone was coming. Yeah, it was really good. 
I don't but, know, dude. I, I was I was busy marking the fuck out for Dr. Wagner Jr. But then yeah, that happens yeah, because yeah. that's the end to his story. Whenever he has something, that's what happens. And Look, that's you can, you can think what you want about Son of Havoc, but I will I will give DJ credit, or maybe it's Roach. I don't know. I think the what they're making him inhabit right now is perfect for him. It totally worked in this episode. Yeah. Um, look, think and the Mac, the Mac is fucking like phenomenal. The Mac, know? people sleep on the Mac, and he showed, he showed that he could be the main event. Like he, Dude, even when we were yeah. there, I questioned, like, why is he the guy in an all night long with Johnny? But like, it like five or ten minutes into it, you were like. Oh yeah. yeah, clearly there's a million reasons why he is the guy to be in the all night long. Why this one is better than the first one. It was better than the first one. Yeah. Maybe not the finish. Yeah. We'll talk about the finish in a minute, but the match work itself between Mac and Mundo, please take nothing away from those guys. That was fucking stellar. Yeah. The difference, I think there's two key differences with, or there's the things between this and the first one, you had two faces going in the first one. So yeah. you're not no, telling, you're no. not really telling a story in the first one, but they're, was a heel they're, two, in the the most, they're two of the most athletic ones. Yeah, but he was a heel, but he was like one of the most over guys, so he wasn't yeah. really a heel. So he but wrapped he a fucking wrench team. around Puma's head and made him retarded for half the match. I understand that. I'm not saying he didn't use heel tactics or that he wasn't playing a heel. I'm telling you that the response to him was yeah. almost more like the Pentagon response. Like Pentagon's technically a heel. He's yeah, for the time, after hey, Mundo turned, after Mundo turned, he still had to come to the ring and flip everyone off for five minutes so he can get a couple booze. And it barely worked match. then. The, first, yeah. the whole first season of Lucha Underground, it was really hard for Mundo yeah. to be heel. And yeah. but so you didn't really have that much of a story in the first match. You, it, it was there was some stuff, but it was basically two athletic guys one-upping each other and it was really cool and it, it was a really cool performed match and it looked awesome this match told a much better more clearer story and it sacrificed i think a little bit of the work rate but everything made sense like it would be cool to see a one-on-one -on -one battle they brought people in it'd be cool to see lots of cool stuff yeah. johnny mundo did the whole like fake broken ankle thing which Everyone yeah. always knows. Like all that I like stuff, how this felt greater, less safe and more real and fucked up. Like I like that more. Because like everything Puma does is so perfect and clean every time and Mundo most of the time. And because uh, I've seen him fucking hit that moonlight and you know, hit the uh, end of the world with just his wrist hitting the guy sometimes, but yeah, you know. I kind of like that though. Like I like that gritty feeling that it felt like a couple dudes fucking fighting each other. Yeah. And so Mundo really does well with when he, when he adds those knees and uh, he has a phenomenal shining wizard when they add yeah. in that big slappy sound. No, nah, dude, right. that was, that was his dick hitting his leg while he did it inside info. But I, yeah, no, I'm with Justin. I love this match more because it had a better story and also had a guy you clearly are rooting for. You're not just watching two guys to see them do something cool. We all wanted to. Yes, and, and clearly I was the guy in the crowd who was rooting for him more than anyone else. Why? <laughs> and there might, be, there might be reasons for that. I'm not saying. Oh, it's are a, we saying racism? Is that the reason? Jesus. No, no. Opposite of racism. They picked that. You know, they're like, who's who's who do we know for sure is rooting for Mac? 
Let's just show Justin a bunch it of times. It would have been funny if Justin just put on fucking Mundo shades as soon as the camera went over to him. I, I, I own Mundo shades. I have Mundo shades, and I have worn them at tapings before, but I did not. I, in fact, I had them with me at All Night Long, and I refused to put them on. Good. You know why? Because to quote, do the right thing, how come Nano Brothers on the wall? <laughs> Fucking do the right thing quotes. Wow. And I know, and I know your whole breaking kayfabe thing of saying Prince Puma, blah blah blah. But kayfabe exists. Prince Puma is not necessary, necessarily ethnically black on Lucha Underground, so I cannot count him. When you look at the title <laughs> history, he's in a mask. We need a black champion in Lucha Underground, and Willie Mac is the fucking perfect choice for that champion. Can we just point out how Wait, like, Justin, Ricky the perfect him. voice because he, uh, it's either him or Famous B. Is that uh, what hey, Swerve? I mean, uh, Killshot? Killshot, yeah, fuck. Oh, AR is there at this point too now. AR can make a champ. I mean, he's a little undersized you maybe for your team. I kind of forgot Dante Fox has been on this season yet because all his good sh shit is yet to come. Teaser. Yeah. But but they've they've brought out a cup they brought out a couple of his moments and they're just working up to it and we saw that jailhouse footage of him um, oh, yeah. that was rocking in the in the little trailer there so yeah. we know we're gonna get some more Dante AR we're going back, we're going CVW, back to the crazy style it, it's safe to say going Dante back to that Fox Vietnam prisoner of war camp that he was left in by Killshot because that's right it was the Vietnam War not the Gulf War. I think it's safe to say that Dante Fox is going to be a big reason that brings people back to Lucha Underground. Oh, holy fucking shit. Yeah, like as much as I'm shitting on this episode, like if it had him on it, I wouldn't be shitting on it not having Pentagon because Dante Fox is now my second favorite wrestler in Lucha Underground with apologies yeah. to the mighty Mil Mortes. I'm so happy, though, that Mac got this opportunity. Like he got, you know, Matanza match and he did well in it. But this was this was a spot for Mac to really shine and i think he took full he took full grasp of the opportunity and and ran with it he could have easily yeah. won i like that this was a star making performance for the mac because i thought his matanza match should have been and not enough people like latched onto it because that was a pretty yeah. fucking dope match yeah and it didn't get a lot of credit for being a fucking dope match um because well, was it a star making match i mean with with the the backlash from real believers that I think that we all kind of saw on Twitter and we're feeling from the guys that we know, like, was this a chance for Mac to break out or was this a tragedy that this match was the return from the hiatus and, and what the general sentiment out there was among the believers even? It's like, hey, I'm sorry, guys. Case fave here. But all you motherfuckers are being played like a fiddle. This is what they want you to feel. They want you to feel like you got fucked out of a real finish because you got fucked out of a real finish. Uh, to Justin's to Justin's point, I do think. I mean, I think this is great, but I do think that the momentum of this match was completely killed because of the break. And yeah. so, so like what you what yeah, the star making power of this match it is overshadowed by the fact people are talking about are you excited Lucha's back instead yeah, of. Did you see it this week? It's a little, yeah, I, I feel like it's a little unfortunate. And I get it. They wanted to prop up these other new shows, Rite of Passage, Man of Arms, this Baja thing. Like, El Rey had a plan, and they said, 
They weren't thinking about the storylines of Lucha Underground when they came up with this plan. El Rey is thinking, shit, this is kind of our flagship show now since we don't have a plan for Dust Till Dawn and it's probably going away forever. We need Lucha Underground to prop up these other shows, so we need you guys to slow the yeah. fuck down. And um, can we turn out the second half of the season here and here? And the answer yeah. is always, well, it's your fucking money. So, yeah, of course, you can turn them out whenever the fuck you want. Do we really yeah, have to do this? Do we have a choice? No, then okay. And wrestling fans in general, especially, you know, suck. nowadays where it's not so mainstream, um, the ones that are around are extremely loyal and that they'll, they'll always watch. That's why shows generally don't cater to them because they're going to keep watching. Yeah. And, you know, so you're going to have the wrestling fans that are going to watch Lucha and they'll be around to watch the new shows and give them a chance. But they, you know, they're trying to, they're not worried about that. They're trying to get more mainstream El Rey uh, demographic fans. All right. So what are the moments that you guys liked? I love the table spot. I loved, I love Mac getting his uh, spinach moment, his Popeye moment with the beer. I thought that, that was, was great. Incredible. I mean, we're seeing the best moment that I loved. That the invention was, of Stone Cold Mac here. What, what's up, Casey? What's the best moment that you loved? Best moment was at the end of the match when the time limit expires and you saw Josh Pillow doing a fucking victory dance in the background because he was happy that it was only an hour long and not three hours <laughs> like some of my pocket. <laughs> uh, happy about the pillow sizing? That, that's yes. funny. Uh, Shout out to Josh Pillow. We love you, sir. And By the also, way, I, I love your Pillow Sizer app. Casey told me about this plugin for Google Chrome where you can speed up video off of YouTube or anything that's HTML5. And um, it's awesome, except for the fact Netflix. that it works on Netflix, dude. Yeah. Well, the first thing that I tried to watch on it was Hardcore Henry on uh, Hulu Showtime. <laughs> And uh, that was not the right movie to pick for. That's actually kind of hard to watch at regular speed. In fact, I should have used that app to slow it down because um, that movie is ridiculous and frenetic and all over the place and really fun if you haven't seen it. Watch it on the big I TV. I loved that movie so much. I'm so excited that it's on like an app that people more people can see it right now. But it uh, it worked really great for watching uh, the Last Real Heels podcast at uh, speed and a half, which is normally how I listen to it if I'm on iTunes. But then I could actually watch it and do it that fast, um, I, which I want to get to in a second, too. So the, the other moment that I thought was really, really fun and it caught me off guard live, believe it or not. Somehow I'm some kind of dumbass mark because they didn't set it up in the opening segment. Shame on you, DJ. I really thought you would have when I watched, went back and watched. Sexy Star is not up there playing the maracas with the band the whole time. Now, when it happened in the temple, I did think to myself, oh, shit, that person's been there the whole time. That's fucking genius. Because I thought that maybe yeah. that had happened, but it didn't. Going back and watching it again, she's not up there at the beginning. Um, so I think, uh, I think they should have done that. They planted the, the seed. The girl doing the violin was probably a better wrestler, and they should have let her do it. Oh, stop it. Come well, on. Maybe Sexy just didn't have the rhythm to, you know, the band's like, she could be in, but not when we're actually playing. Yeah. 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 Everyone knows in this day and age, the way to get over is not Randy Orton style. It's to use the dive. One of my favorite, one of my favorite moments was, uh, when they did crowd shots of people violently shooting the middle finger at Johnny Mundo. That's one of my favorite things to do in Temple. Another you favorite like that moment. Because one of those was you, motherfucker. Yeah. And you know what my favorite part was? Because 
I didn't get to see it on the fucking East Coast time like you fuckers. I had to wait three hours, so I was watching some other shit, and I saw the return of the Mac Cheetos commercial. I saw that, too. I thought that was perfect timing. Yes. Yeah. It had the return of the Mac and Cheetos. Okay, what was better timing, that or the new Phoenix Melissa Santos Modelo commercial? I bet that took a lot of takes. (laughs) Byron? (laughs) Your reaction says it all, and you're frozen, right? No, no, no he wasn't he's frozen. not frozen. That was, yeah, that's better. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I, I'm happy they got a cool uh, sponsor, and maybe they won't have to uh, put tape over their beers anymore. Yeah. Well, they didn't well, that night for, was, for all night long. Modelo's mm. definitely better than you know a Miller Lite. You know, if you're going to indulge. Uh, I, I think look, bagel bites and Modelo's is is a pretty good snack. Yeah, um, I've heard that that DJ's working on a Bartles and James sponsorship. Oh, stop it! Uh, oh God, that's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> You're a dick. All right. So anyway, that spot was great. Um, the finish, Mac going up the ladder slow. If you watched it, you know what happened. Mac takes the dive. Time runs out. Here's my problem with the finish. I do not have a problem with the tie or the no finish, but I think that Lucha Underground is creative enough and daring enough that when they set the match up for television, not for us live, but for television, Stryker and Vamp said this match will end when the program ends. They didn't say it was a 60-minute long match. They didn't say it was an hour-long match. They said this match ends when the show ends. Mm -hmm. So what should have happened, if that is your scenario, Mac takes the dive off the ladder, you see Marty Elias diving in, and the shit goes black. The Lucha Underground credit comes up, and then the Baja show comes on, and you're sitting there going, what the ever living fuck just happened and you get nothing no teaser yeah. for next week no dario coming out of the office not a goddamn thing yeah you Isn't know what would be funny they used to do that fire. everyone would think el ray just fucked up again so, so what everyone would have been talking and it would have been completely used to be awesome nitro one time had uh, a main event with hogan and son of the giant and it went so long they had to Go uh, cut to it during commercials of the next show. That's because Hogan has to run back during the match to the booking committee and figure out the way he wants to finish. Come on. Oh, dude, he wanted to finish by getting butt fucked by a mummy. You guys remember that? I think, I think they edited fun. out all the times Hogan said the N word. So all they had left were like commercial break spots. Oh, oh that's, wow. That's that's shots fired. That's still topical. He blocked me on Twitter. Terry Bollea yeah, so blocked you? Oh, Kogan blocked me. The tenant so Phoenix Chavo. block. Yeah, yeah we got. Fair. Look, can we discuss it on the show? Why the fuck did Chavo block you? Chavo is a really nice guy. You seem like an a fairly like affable Chavo. guy. Yeah, Chavo, if you're listening, Byron's our friend. We just give him shit on the show. You can you can not block him. I love. I I, I really what did you say to get Chavo heated at you enough to block you? Because it's not like he unfriended you or unfollowed you. He blocked you. He blocked me. It doesn't make any sense. He to never me. followed me. I don't know. I mean, I do remember when um, Cage and Sam, were, whatever, were uh, trading insults about the Trump gimmick. Uh, 
like who owned it or something. I was tweeting pictures of, um, I'm going to butcher this, but is it Los Gringos Locos? Eddie, um, uh, not Los Gringos Locos. No, that's Eddie and, and Chavo, right? Oh, Los Gringos Locos were fucking who you're It's Eddie and the Love Machine, our par. Yeah. Right? Yeah, yeah. I was tweeting yeah. pictures of them and like their USA tights because they did the shit first. Yeah, and Conan was the third member. A lot of people forget that, but Conan yeah. as well. I don't and think then, that's uh, my But anyway. All right, uh, so I'm what did like you but just to get back on check so Chavo, if you're listening, um Byron is is not an evil person. You can unblock him. He's he's not going to flame you or troll you or do anything bad. In fact, he'll probably shill for you because he's kind of a mark. Anyway, so what did you guys think of the finish of this episode of Lucha Underground? Because I know it took a lot of fucking heat. Like, yeah. I still liked it. I liked Dario coming back out. I liked kind of the what the fuck moment. And I had almost forgotten, like, in my mind, I have just thought, like, oh, it doesn't, you know, but whatever. I won't get to that because I don't want to ruin what's going to happen. I liked it, Justin. You know why? Because I like seeing everyone fucking cry about it. <laughs> I liked it. Uh, people are invested enough to have an emotional response, which is the ultimate wrestling cop-out answer. But yeah, I liked it, it personally. It is, but it, you guys all got played. I'm just saying. You got played by a fuck finish. And but this, this fuck finish was fucky enough because someone got a little mad when I criticized their fuck finish in AAA for not being fucky enough for the audience to understand it. The whole audience understood this one. Good job. Here's okay, the thing. well, like, like, let's talk about that. How do you not know that. it's going to happen, though? Okay, can we get to this now? Because there's a little dissension among the ranks. Like, everybody knows we're the, the, the big-breasted stepsister show of Last Real Heels at times. But um, I don't know that it was necessarily called for for them to bring one of the fucking showrunners from Lucha Underground on their goddamn show and then proceed to not only let but encourage said aforementioned showrunner to bury one of my very affable and, and lovely co-hosts of this very program, uh, the Lucha fucking gringo. So what the fuck happened? Why the hell is Krista Joseph burying the shit out of you, Casey? You know what's funny is like he never called me Casey once. He just kept calling me Lucha Gringo. So I think he was shitting on that other guy on Instagram, <laughs> but, which would make a lot of sense. Yeah, I would shit on that too. Yeah, would. Yeah. Yeah, but you know it's it's all right. Um, Casey, didn't you get a new? Didn't you get a new uh, banner for your Twitter page? Uh, yeah, I did. I did, didn't I? But you know what? I I just gotta say, um, there's no, there's nothing that I could say that hasn't already been said by me when Sexy Star won the title. So it, it, it's all been said. They can they can say, oh, Casey goes to Trump rallies. You know what? I don't think either of the heels know how to vote. Oh and wow! It's, it's really just punching a hole or pulling a little thing, right? Yeah, maybe it's Tennessee, dude. I think they like put a marble in a dish or something, but, uh, <laughs> you know, DJ, you know, he fired, he fired some shots at me because, uh, he, he said, I criticized him at AAA, And I said that they should have hired me to book instead, which I said before I knew he was the one that wrote it because, um, if I knew he was the one that wrote it, I would have just shaken my head and discussed quietly. Um, but well, what, what was it that he booked that was not so bueno? 
Oh, it yeah. was the um the mask match, uh, the Aerostar Superfly thing. How the the ending wasn't really like fucky enough, so the audience didn't really get that it was supposed to be a fuck finish. I think that's what it was. I don't know. I bitch about a lot of things. Uh, he shouldn't well, get of course. mad about you, just. You have a general hatred for all things that are not perfection in wrestling, so there shouldn't be any Which surprise to anyone. It's like he doesn't have any guys there dressed as Freddy Krueger or Leatherface or Jason like the great wing promotion. And they've all done appearances for AAA, mind you. So, um, I don't know. I, you know. Well, so it's kind of fucked that he buried you because you are one of his biggest fans for other gimmicks that he's done, like making Pentagon a fucking star. Like you're a fan of that. um, and for how the Katie Vick angle, angle was his idea. Oh, and that he shit. Was going Come to- on. Wait. First of all, we said he was the one responsible for Kelly Kelly not stripping anymore. And now we're saying that he's responsible for Katie Vick, too? That's fucking horrendous. Yeah. And he wanted... How does um, this guy get another job? The track record he has of who he puts titles on, female-wise, I think he wanted to put the belt on Katie Vick's corpse. Um, but... I think he wanted uh, to put something on Katie Vick's force. He didn't do that angle, guys. I'm just fucking around. Because uh, I don't want people coming at him for one of the worst angles of all time. <laughs> he didn't uh, do it? I, I mean, I didn't. I legit don't know who wrote it. Wasn't he there at the time? I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't he was there at the time, even. I, you I, heard I, it on the MMM show. <laughs> I, Krista Joseph confirmed not only wrote Katie Vick, that it was an autobiography. <laughs> that's why none of it fit in with kane's character at all oh god this has all gone terribly terribly awry okay <laughs> was he triple h or was he katie vick though casey uh, what in the in the scene was he triple h or was he katie vick or kane oh dear lord no comment no comment um no, all right, we, so we, let, let we, me ask. Let me get this back on track. Is, is there um, anything going on? Podcast for life. Did, 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 is that okay? Wait, Fine. DJ is banned for life. DJ, uh, DJ never wanted to be on the show in the first place. He, I think he got tricked into being on the show because he thought we were the Mayhem show. Yeah, oh, I don't think he, he ever had to do a show in the first place. Actually, he was blackout drunk. He kept I telling want, us, you "Guys, I want to like, extend. I want to extend an invitation." to dj to do this show again so that me and him can talk about he-man like we were originally going to do even though he said his favorite is faker like come on you might as well pick orko at that point okay here's the deal here's the deal if we ever get dj on again which at this point he'll probably be like fuck those guys i'm going on twit wow which i will never understand but god bless those guys they never heard of them they do their thing so god bless them anyway um if he ever comes on this show again, I promise that I will give you guys 20 solid minutes to just talk about He-Man and Sexy Star. Because I really think that you guys, I, I feel like this beef was started because you guys really need to just hash it out about Sexy Star. You were one of the best fans of Lucha Underground. You were in the fucking front row. You were at all the tapings. You waited there at ungodly hours of the morning to be one of the first people in line. DJ, put you in the fucking original Believer's Backlash. I know that you guys somewhere inside have a deep-rooted love and respect for what the other one feels and thinks, but I really think that Sexy Star has come between you. Damn her. I think you guys need to hash it out. I think you need to talk through this entire issue 
with Sexy Star holding the belt, and then maybe once and for all, you and DJ can bury the hatchet, and there won't be any more fucking Twitter beef or war or podcast yeah, battles I, or any of that shit. I like talking shit, Justin. I, it doesn't matter anymore. She's um, like a fake boxer now. It's okay. Undefeated. <sighs> I watched that fight. I watched that fight. I want to talk to DJ about that fight. Yeah. Why did he write that too? Did he script that? (laughs) I don't know because he he did have Kevin Cross kill the person I would have put in Sexy Star's role really fast. But Okay, well, let's talk about Kevin Cross for a minute. Let's talk about Kevin Cross for a minute because... Oh, he's staring it up, bro. Fuck yeah. That's awesome. Dude, he's he's, uh, like other podcasts, not us. Other podcasts are talking about Kevin Cross now. Um, he's fucking killing it in triple a and he's killing top names in triple a. He killed the headliner of triple mania. Dr. Fucking Wagner. Jesus H Christ. Who saw that coming a year ago? One way. It's one way to get besides us fucking mask match, right? Yeah. I mean, that's one way to do it. Oh, here's my thing about Kevin cross. (laughs) I have said before on this podcast that Kevin cross is a nice guy. Yes. I don't know if that's true anymore. And I'll tell you why. Not because, you know, Kevin's gone, you know, this, whatever. He might be taking the gimmick a little far. I think going down to Mexico, seeing the reaction from some of the fans, um, being where he's been at in his career right now, where he's had some chances to maybe go to WWE or some of these other promotions, and then people haven't taken him seriously. I think from my personal conversations with Kevin Cross, that he's turned a corner. Like, he's not as nice to me anymore as he used to be. I think he's turning into one of these guys that the kayfabe becomes a little bit real, and he's and he's realizing that he's going to get farther in life by just mercilessly crushing people's wills to live. Yeah. Regardless of love what it. you think about the sport. I love it. If I was a wrestler, I would want to be Kevin Cross right now. Like, legit. Here's here's the thing. Triple A upset a lot of people by how they treated some of their fans or some of the wrestlers and some people left and a bunch of stuff. And basically, like like Casey, and Casey was like, I have a feeling about towards Triple A right now. Kevin Cross is embodying that feeling and single-handedly destroying the entire company. <laughs> and they're Just, letting him... Because they have a I don't know if they can stop him. Uh, and I'm, not, I'm not trying to break case, kayfabe here, guys. Like, I understand that wrestling is written and people come up with stuff. But I feel like when Kevin made his deal to go to AAA, I think he was fucking fed up. I think he was tired of bullshit and he's tired of wrestling and small time shit. And I think he told those motherfuckers like, yeah, I will come down here. I would love to work for your company. I'm a good worker. I'll treat people right, but I'm not coming unless I get to fucking smash teeth. I think that is legit what he did. And they were just like, okay, wow. If you've got that attitude, let's let the guy come and fucking smash teeth. And by God, that's what he's fucking doing. He's going down there and just breaking people in half and top guys. Tejano. Come on. Tejano, Dr. Wagner. uh, How long was Pentagon there and never got the chance to do that shit? He yeah, chokes him there there so hard, popcorn came out of his eyes. Exactly. 
I mean, I I love it. And I got to say, like, if people came around to my concept of what wrestling should be and made it just fucking battle arts with like Freddie and Jason in there too, um, Cross would be like my champion, dude. Come on, look at the fucking guy. He'll, He'll fucking kick your head off. It's awesome. So, look. Everyone knows that we're kind of marks for Kevin, but at the same time, like he's turned a corner. He's in a, mm-hmm. a darker place. I think he's going to come back on the show soon, but I think he, you might see a different side of Kevin Cross when he comes back on this show. You're probably going to see a different side of Kevin Cross in general. Like e- either he's flipping his wig a little bit and taking himself too seriously, or he's really kind of getting a little bit of a dark streak to him because, th- and this happens to wrestlers. I think the business beat him up a little bit. He's got more of an edge now, and that edge is not something that somebody wrote for him. If you look at what this guy's doing on the indies and whatnot, too, like he's turning this way everywhere, and you can't put him in a babyface storyline anymore because he's genuinely turning into a vicious son of a bitch. Good. And that's Embrace all I can say. Darkness. Embrace the darkness, Kevin. Baby faces are weak, they're a bunch of fucks. Kevin Cross may indeed be a psychopathic evil sadistic son of a bitch deep at its core and that may just be coming out finally and maybe for us fans that's a good thing i'm not gonna fuck with him that's all i'm gonna say all right casey i I love him for it justin i think it's a beautiful thing i think you're a sick sadistic son of a bitch too that's kind of why i like you as well i'm a little afraid of you at times he's destroying triple a casey wishes he could go and just choke slam the whole whole company yeah yeah shit they even lost the fucking bull, bro. The bull's not there anymore. Fucking Taurus, he's not there anymore. What dude. are you gonna do, man? What are you gonna do? It's it's a reshaping time, and they'll just have to make do with with whatever works for them. Uh, Casey, talk to me about Fire Pro. I know you want to talk about Fire oh, Pro, and I know you got to go get your Tekken soon. We got to talk Shit, to UFC man. before you leave okay. too. So, um, they did this awesome, awesome press conference in Japan uh, for Fire Pro that they basically gave you no fucking information. Um, but, uh, the, they had some pretty cool guests, uh, because they had, uh, DDT wrestlers there. So they had the mighty MMM show loves him. Would love to have him on this show. Dan Shokudino. Dino! He was there and the great, the great mighty Transam Hiroshi, who you might know is the guy that dresses in the American flag and does the perfect plex. Transam Hiroshi! He, he fucking rules. He says he plays fire pro and he always makes himself as Corvette Musashi. So he gives himself like a fake fire pro name. But um, <laughs> they, they basically came out and said a bunch of stuff. Some of it we already knew. Some of it's confirming stuff. So all the wrestlers that come with the game, there's going to be like around 30 of them. They're all going to be fake dudes. They are not based on original wrestlers whatsoever. Uh, the last Fire Pro game came with like 300 wrestlers that were direct ripoffs yeah. of real dudes. And yeah. um, that's not going to be the case here. So are they going to be downloadable or is there going to be some way to get? I mean, that's half the appeal yeah. of Fire Pro, isn't it? Yeah, the big community thing. They're going to figure out how to share stuff when it comes to the PS4, but on Steam and Steam Early Access for the PC, they're going to be using the Steam Workshop. And the interesting thing that they said is that Spike Chunsoft is also considering putting official edits up for you to download. So that might be oh. the way around not having those 300 guys in the game, but they'll make them anyway and you can just download them. But uh, That's kind of what I was thinking was going to happen. Yeah, I, I figured it too from the beginning, but it just depends if they feel like doing that or not. Uh, they said there's going to be about 100 new moves compared to the last game. 
Uh, nice. some people are bitching about it saying, oh, a hundred new moves. That's not enough. First of all, that is the biggest jump in moves in any fire pro game. Uh, maybe other than D cause they added a bunch of MMA stuff. So there's like moves that weren't in the other games before, but, yeah. um, Dude, yeah, it's been 12 years, but nobody's done anything but super kicks for the last 12 years, and those are already in the game, so you don't have to worry about it. Those 100 extra moves are going to be good stuff. Um, somebody asked if one of them was going to be Chuck Taylor's invisible hand grenade at the press conference, and they said no, but they'll think about it in the future. Please, please do it, because they do do moves like that in Fire Pro now, uh, mostly because of the DDT guys that they put in, but... Um, yeah, uh, they, can you confirm Dan Shuko Dino's moveset? Oh, dude, that shit was in the last game. They had uh, they had a fucking corner thing where he would uh, rub his dick in your face. Uh, nice. His back grapple was making out with you. Nice. Uh, and then um, he did the Dan Shoku driver where he sticks his head in uh, in the trunks, sticks the guy's head in his trunks and pile drives him. And he had the Dan Shoku nightmare where uh, he teabags the dude over his face. And then to break the hold, the guy punches him in the ass, right? But then he falls on the guy's face and the guy's like kicking his legs, like fucking trying to get out. It's, it's hilarious. And uh, does he have the cock bottom? He has the cock bottom and the stone cock stunner, but, but they're just the regular moves. They didn't change them to Dino's version, but uh, mm. all the other stuff was animated specifically for him. Uh, he doesn't have, he didn't have the homo yay though, which, uh, I hope he does this time. And, uh, oh fuck. What was the other one? He had, he had like, uh, uh, fucking, he had a gay version of the rainmaker. I just don't remember what it was called. Do you think that, um, they're going to put the Joey Ryan, uh, penis plex in? See, that's what I would have asked if I was there and I didn't get to go there. The guy that went, um, his name's Jay. He runs all the Dragon Gate fan sites that since the Torayuman days that you would go and find like all the profiles on the dudes and stuff. Good dude makes kick-ass fire pro edits. Uh, I remember downloading his edits for like the Dreamcast onto my little VMUs and shit because he did like the whole Dragon Gate roster and I really wanted Stalker Ichikawa. And um one thing that they said is like they asked for a real release date and they said we're not sure but we're hoping it's before summer break but okay see originally they said uh quarter quarter two uh which we're in right now until the end of this month summer break in japan starts on july 20th so that's a little worrying um but and that's something like not a lot of people caught on to like they're thinking oh summer break it's fucking june these guys are from Japan, dude. They're talking about the Japanese summer break. But uh, they also went through and made the DDT guys that were there in the game. So they made yeah. Dino and they made Trans Am Hiroshi and they, they fought in the game. Because uh, DDT's actually done a match that was two out of three falls. So they wrestled for two falls and then they had to play Fire Bro for the last fall on like the Titan Tron and shit. And then uh, <laughs> they showed uh, they showed some of the entrances, which are kind of cool now because now it's got like a little graphic that says your name. There's like a fake ass Titan Tron. They said now um, the people the MP3 patent expired, so uh, it's like public domain now. So it's not going to be on early access. It'll be in the official release of the game. That uh, for the PC version, you'll be able to use MP3s for entrance themes for your wrestlers, which is pretty fucking cool. 
Oh, that's um, pretty, dope. pretty dope. Yeah, and they said, uh, yeah, like they showed some of the American arena, which really looks a lot like Raw. Like it's got the shitty black walls instead of the railing and stuff. Yeah. And uh, the ramp looks a lot like Raw's ramp. Uh, not going to use that arena a lot. Look, I'm, I'm in this... They also announced one thing that I was so happy for. They announced that the SWA rules matches in because they didn't say that before. And that's the battle arts rule set. And you guys fucking know I love battle arts. And um, basically what that means is you can do pinfalls and submissions and then 10 counts to get up. So uh, you can turn off pinfalls and submissions and make it like a last man standing match if you want. I fucking hate those matches, uh, especially when people in the match can't count. Uh, you'll hear more about that later. Um, but, uh, yeah, yeah, it's battle arts, man. I fucking love it. I want to say something. Yeah, you, you just re- you just got that reference, right? <laughs> Byron was there, too. You would think. Yeah, you, just, you, would, you think, would think. You would think. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. So it would suck if we have to wait until the 20th of July. Um you know, they can they could keep it until July 29th and release it on my birthday and the birthday of the holy Scott Steiner, Big Papa Pump. Wait, you share a birthday with fucking Big Papa Pump? Fucking right. We're twins. You know who I share a birthday with? This fucking guy and Justin Bieber. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, you know right. who hey, Jimmy shares a birthday with, dude? Fucking Vampiro and Clint Eastwood. How fucking good Clint is that? Eastwood is the one because he gave birth yeah. to Allison Eastwood and she's fucking amazing all right so can i say something about vampiro no, we gotta talk uh, about ufc got before a, casey's gotta go he just got a skull a head tattoo and he was super stoked about it and next thing you know he grew his hair out hey, it's cool man the hair looks good hair like looks he, great. you know what i thought he shaved his head because he couldn't grow the hair anymore and the hair looks good hair so looks props good. to vamp for having a good hairline casey I hope to have the same thing hey casey hmm Glover Tejera versus uh, Alexander Gustafson. What the fuck? <laughs> and then did you see the subsequent tweets between John Jones and, and Gus? No, but oh, I dear Lord. John uh, Jones went the fuck off on Gus. And some of them are just classic. God damn it. Um, I have to look some of them up if, if he hasn't taken them down yet, like everything else he's fucking put up on Twitter. God, that was amazing. I we're rooting so hard for him to fucking decapitate John Jones. You guys don't even know. Jesus Christ. Uh, Let me go to Johnny Bones' Twitter page here. Um, oh, man. The first tweet is out and put on my Ann Still shirt. Okay. Um, <laughs> dude. I root for okay. So Gustafson said, "I root for DC MMA, but I want you to win." And after the way I beat you, I promise I will pray for you. Happy now. <laughs> and then John Jones just starts off right there with, "Is it me, or does this shit make zero sense?" <laughs> Whatever, Alex. Root for both of us if you want to. Next time, if you don't have anything nice to say, you know the rest. I'm done with you for now. And then, I mean, Jones starts going even further on him like uh and he deleted a couple of them but you can't say that after i'm done with you now you got you gotta stop jesus well i mean he he's saying shit like um okay so one guy says i can't wait to see uh, at john bones fight again truly one of the best but dc mma uh 
DC. His confidence is scary right now. Huge factor in next fight. John Jones' reply is, please don't let this dumb man fool you. And he's like, <laughs> of, and then he says to, to Gustafson, of course you're rooting for Daniel Gustafson. You might as well pray for him while you're at it. And here's a little FYI. You didn't lose against DC and I because of your cardio. It was because of your lack of heart. I mean, he's putting all this shit on Twitter, too. And he's like, I'm not a champion because you don't like my personality. Fuck you. And then he put in quotes, John Jones is a bad person. You all sound like fucking dorks. Congrats on the engagement, though. Beautiful woman. That's the, that's to Gus. I mean, he's like, you sound like a fucking dork. It's just amazing. Um, and then he said, maybe good guys don't finish last. Dude, I'm a champion because I'm a bad person. You're not a champion because you don't win championship fights. <laughs> Five stars. Fucking Am I amazing. Like if, oh, God damn it. I'm becoming get, a John Jones. You have to be a John Jones fan. Like, he's the baby face, even though he's doing straight up heel shit. Cormier is trying to be the nice guy, trying to be the fucking Olympic athlete playing everything by the book, by the rules, and everybody fucking hates him because he's not a real person. He's not a real human being. John Jones says and does the shit that normal people do. What do normal people do when they become a UFC champion at like 22 years old or however the fuck old he was? Uh. What do you do? You cash a check, buy a bunch of blow, bang some bitches, and party like it's 1999. That's what the fuck you do. That's what a normal person is going to do. Let's be honest, right? Oh, God damn it, That's hilarious. I think I saw some of this. Was Were there any pictures of unkept barbers involved, or is that someone else? Uh, I think that's somebody else, but oh, my God. It's, just, it's all just funny to me. I mean, look, nobody is Daniel Cormier. I, I, I relate more to John Jones. Like, he's the guy who thought he was going to live a normal life, then was thrust into the life of something extraordinary. Daniel Cormier has been an Olympic elite-level athlete since he was, like, two years old. You know what I'm saying? So I don't want to root for that guy. That guy's the guy I will never be. I'll never have a job at the Fox desk. I'll never be an Olympic-level athlete. I'll never be the kind of guy Cormier wants to be. I'll never eat my Wheaties, take my vitamins and do the right thing. Nobody does that in real life. Everybody wants to say they do that. I eat my fucking blueberry Captain Crunch, blueberry pancake Captain. Holy shit. That stuff's unreal, dude. Oh my God. I get it. Is that target? It's target exclusive. I think I have not seen it anywhere else, but blueberry pancake Captain Crunch. It fucking tastes exactly like blueberry pancakes with syrup. It's amazing. Uh, I'm hoping to get us a sponsorship from Captain Crunch. Please do. Please do. So anyway, I digressed a little bit. So about the heavyweight picture. So look, Glover lost to Gus. Gus can't beat DC. DC can't beat John Jones. I think that you're at a deadlock in light heavyweight. I don't think that yeah. any guy can beat the guy that's ranked right above him. And whether DC knows it or not, John Jones is ranked right above him. It creates this weird lack of parity in the division. You know, and Glover, big, big fan of Glover's, known him for a long time. Awesome dude. He's a little past it now. Um, it's just a tough, it's just a tough world for him because he's not gonna beat Gus. He's not gonna beat DC, and he's not gonna beat Jones either. So he's always gonna be the fourth guy at light heavyweight now that Rumble's out and you know, and and, and you know, um, what's his face manual that's coming up 
he's always going to probably be number five. I don't know if he can beat any of those guys above him. He can beat everybody below him and beat him handily. But I think that's the story for every single guy there. I think the guy ranked right above him. Somehow, the, the numbers have stacked up perfectly in this division where every guy is at the number he's going to stay at probably for the rest of his career. None of these guys are going to beat the guy right above him in that division. That's just what I see. So, so they, need, they need new dudes. And you know who they need? They need the fucking stars of battle arts to come in. They need fucking Alexander, <laughs> Alexander Otska, who used to fight in pride and had a fucking shitty record. I mean, maybe that is what they need. I don't know. I mean, fucking Ryan Bader was the smart one. He was like, well, shit, if it's like this, I'm always number six. Fuck it. I'm out of here. I'm going to Bellator. Yeah, go to Bellator. Well, we, fucking number one. Uh, it's, oh, man. I just, yeah. um, I just think that we should stop watching MMA and start stop watching MMA and start watching that show where like the Knights fight in MMA. Have you seen that shit, Justin? No, I've heard about it though. Full suits of armor and shit and a fucking ring and they're fighting. It's amazing. Um, um, that does sound fun. So anyway, let, let's do the quick two twelve preview. Cause I'm only going to talk yeah. about a couple of these. Uh, I'm going to talk about Aldo Holloway first. Um, Holloway could have an advantage if they're standing and he can avoid or properly check some of the leg kicks uh, from the best in the business, Jose Aldo. Um, and I personally, I see the fight either being like tough, grueling fight that Holloway just barely edges out, or I see it being a cold, calculated game plan from Aldo that just leads to Holloway's complete and utter destruction. Uh, mm-hmm. But my opinion is even in Brazil, I think that Hollywood uh, Holloway wants it more and I think he slightly edges out in a hard-fought decision and wins the fight and becomes the unified featherweight champion of the UFC and new Max Holloway. I think Am I crazy? Gets, I think he gets his legs kicked in and it fucking ruins the rest of his life. Um, and that's a possibility. I, I'm, not like, dis- I'm not discounting that as a possibility. Your, smacked your shin on the coffee table. Imagine that for fucking five-minute rounds repeatedly. Fuck that shit, dude. That sucks. Well, I mean, Holloway's going to have to get on the bicycle and get away from that shit. And and if he does, I think he can eke out a victory. If they let him actually have a bicycle in the cage, I give him the win. I don't know what the reach advantage is either, but Max is long and rangy. And maybe if he can pop that jab, maybe he can keep Jose off of his legs. I mean, Jose's fast, though, so checking those kicks. Like, you've seen some guys that are real good defensively that cannot check those kicks because they're so goddamn fast. No, and checking kicks fucking sucks, dude. Like, not everyone has fucking dead-ass shin nerves. Yeah, but it's better than leaving your foot planted and getting that thing broken half like a fucking twig. Yeah, yeah. Like Spider-Man. Sometimes you luck out and they break their leg on your leg. We've seen that a couple three times there. Thank you. How you doing there, Anderson? Yeah, I send Byron all those games. I, like That's the most MMA Byron watches is when I send him leg breaks. When does Brock fight again? <laughs> Whenever Vince says so. Um, okay, Claudia Gedalia versus Carolina Kovalkiewicz. Uh, I, I give it as a coin toss, but uh, as cute as Carolina Kovalkiewicz might be, I think she gets the W because in the cage, she's got kind of a nasty streak, and I think she might pick Claudia apart. I mean, Carolina's very... Resilient. I think Claudio gets the better of her in the first round for sure. And then after that, I think Carolina just takes away Claudia's will by coming forward, 
doing stuff that she's not expecting and really mixing it up and, and pulling it out on the cards. But I think you're in for another long fight there. Man, that's uh, that's a good fight. I don't know who to pick in that one. That's, no, that's a tough one. That's a really yeah. tough one. Yeah. Um, that's either so, a one-round fight or it goes the distance. Shit, man. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what's your guess? Take a guess. What's your guess pick? Well, if it's a one-round fight, if Claudia wins, <laughs> yeah. and if it's a three-round, it's going to be the person whose name I can't pronounce. But Carolina Kovacavish. I feel the same way. Kovacavish. <laughs> Um, so then we got Vidor Belfort versus Nate, the great Markhor. And let me tell you right now, I absolutely love this fight. This is the fight that I want out of the old guys. It's basically a legends fight. We need yeah, more that's cool, of man. these. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's cool. But I think, uh, I think that, uh, someone's going to piss dirty. Well, but hopefully we get a good fight before that because honestly, in the grand scheme of things, they're not fighting for a ranking. They're not getting back in the title picture. Who gives a fuck if one of them pisses hot? Let them both juice as far as I care. Let them both TRT out and and just but like let these guys not fight them. You know, stop putting these guys that are this age against guys, you know, in the top five. These guys were at the top 10 years ago. They shouldn't be facing top five guys right now. Instead, do exactly this. Let the Nate the Greats and the Vitor Belforts of the world fight each other. There's still plenty of them out there. They're still athletic. They're not they're they're past their prime, but they're still prime athletes. And they can still compete. They just can't compete against the top five guys in the division. And it's not wrestling. Like this is not pro wrestling where some old guy gets to have one more run and put over some young buck to give him the rub. Like Vitor Belfort giving somebody the rub at this point in time is him getting fucking brain damage. Let's not do that to Vitor Belfort. Let's not do that to Nate the Great. Let's let them beat each other up on an equal skill level and equal playing field. Uh, and by the way, I'm picking Nate the Great by a complete fluke knockout in the second round. I like that. It, my my other pick is Vitor wins, but then pisses dirty and Nate wins anyway. So either way, <laughs> Nate wins. Uh, but yeah. Um, yeah, I miss Pride where like everyone would just be on HGH and this would be fucking dope, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Pride, Pride lived by a different rule set. Okay, last fight I'm going to talk about. I'm not going to talk about every fight on the card. I'm not going to give you all my picks because I don't even know half the kids on the card. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie to you. I will by the time the fight happens and I'll do some research and watch some videos and shit, but I don't today. Um, and so this is all for UFC 212, which is this Saturday, I believe. So uh, Rafael Asuncao versus Marlon Moraes. Um for those who don't know Marais, he's uh, he's got a really impressive record in World Series of Fighting. Uh, he's been their bantamweight champion, and he did not lose any fights in World Series of Fighting. He lost a few before that, but since he got there. Now, that being said, for Marlon Marais, other than Miguel Torres, who used to be a WEC champ, hit the UFC for a little while, and then kind of slumped off into these lower leagues, including World Series of Fighting, other than Miguel Torres, you've probably never heard of anyone that Marlon Marais has fought. Um, but he's good. He's real good. However, he's facing the number three 135-er in the UFC in Rafael Asuncao. So this is the real deal. If he gets a win here, um, I I think if he can keep his UFC jitters to a minimum, like keep his heart rate down, I think that he can actually win this fight. And I'm going to pick Marlon Moraes with the upset over number three ranked Rafael Asuncao 
But I'm also going to put in the caveat that that is a tall, tall task. Um, And he's really got to have a stellar debut performance in the UFC. What do you think, guys? Fuck, man. This is throwing somebody of the Sharks on their fucking debut. I think I've seen him fight once in World Series of Fighting, and he just absolutely fucking destroyed whoever he fought. Yeah, that's Um, pretty typical of his fights. Yeah, so hey, if that's if that's always how he fights, maybe he can do it here. Uh, it would be awesome. I'd like to see it happen, but because it would be a cool story. But I don't know, dude. He's fighting a bad motherfucker. This is gonna be. It's good. That's a great fight. I mean, it's kind of the Eddie Alvarez thing, where when Eddie came in, it was like, okay, you're the big fish in a slightly smaller pond. Like, let's see what you really have here. And yeah, you know, he he slipped to cowboy or whatever, but then he fucking crushed it for a while until connor pieced him up uh, sad for him but but regardless i think we found out that eddie alvarez was in fact the real deal maybe he wasn't the best in the world but he was certainly in the top five for real mm-hmm. and this is marlon rice's chance to prove that and look 135 is a good division right now it's not the strongest division as much as I, i've heard people say it's full of killers no, Justin Gaethje, who's also coming in from World Series of Fighting now um, and a former champ, he's going to be in the 155 division, and he's got his work cut out for him. Marlon Marais, however, can get right to the top of the division. He could be fighting Cody and TJ within a year if he wins this fight and wins his next fight after that in a stunning fashion, which he very well could do, and I think he will. Uh, but it's not going to be easy. He's going to really have to have his head screwed on straight for this one. Oh, God, it would be fucked up to be going into 155 right now. It'd be like going into 205 a few years ago when, like, everyone was just a fucking beast and the title was getting passed around like fucking nothing. Yeah, don't get me wrong. There's there's some vicious divisions out there, and then there's some uh, really stagnant, fucked-up divisions. But, you know, hopefully having some of this new blood in there will actually smooth things over. Um Hey, did I tell you I went to Invicta, Casey, here in Dude, Kansas City where I'm doing the show? I heard you went to Invicta. I heard it was like the greatest, the greatest show you've ever been to. It's so much better. You like, I, if I was Lucha Underground, I'd be banning you for life right now for saying that. But um, yeah, but I was only comparing it to other MMA shows, and I've been to UFCs but, before. I've been to WECs, uh, you know, both before and after they were at the Tachi Palace, like pre-Zufa WECs. I was at. Um, you know, I'm, but did you ever go to a Saugus Speedway MMA show, Justin? <laughs> what? No, no. In fact, I have not, my friend. I have. Yeah, I saw races there, but I never saw a fight there. Yeah, I, I went to one. It fucking sucked. Um, one of the girls went into UFC, and she just got fucking destroyed. I forget her name. Uh, she was the only person from that show that I ever recognized, and she just got absolutely fucking killed. Wow. <laughs> Well, the the I, I thought Invicta was great. Like, first of all, they do it in a theater, so the cage is like all back by the stage. And um, I don't know if I ever really realized that watching it. It's at the Scottish Rite Temple in uh, downtown KC. Here, a lot of old uh, Mason stuff built in KC. There's a lot of really cool old architecture here. Anyway, um, building was awesome. I walk in New York, Rick from Ariel Hawani's MMA hour was there. I recognized him immediately because not too many dudes, um, sport man buns and, you know, love the Cavs. So I went up and I didn't even really talk MMA with him at first. I talked about the Cleveland Cavaliers cause that was the day that they had just blown out the Celtics by like Aren't 10 million right points. Now? 
Isn't yeah, that I'm, like- I'm actually not watching my Cleveland Cavaliers right now to be doing this show. So I, I hope I'm, I'm DBRing it, but I hope everyone's happy. I have to stay off the internet after we get off the show. So don't try to get at me on Twitter because I'm gonna be watching the fucking Cavs game, trying not to get it spoiled. Um, anyway, so <laughs> New York Rick, gotta say, stellar guy, really awesome guy. We talked a little bit about the Cavs first, uh, then we talked about you know what he thought, what his his picks for the night on cool fights to see and to watch um he he wasn't right nor was i the very first fight of the night ended up being stellar i hope to actually have this fighter on the show at some point in time i'm trying to get in touch with her see if she'll do this show um her name is yaya rincon it was her first fight ever her debut mma or professional fight her debut professional mma fight it was in invicta She's out of the MMA gold camp in uh, NorCal there. Uh, Vacaville, where my buddies Papa Roach are from, oh, in fact. Um, I know that place. And so we were sitting, me and, and one of my coworkers were sitting next to her entire family. Made this so epic because we're like, okay, we've got no dog in this fight. If that's your daughter up there, we'll fucking cheer for her. These people were the most lit fans in the whole place. Like other people had family and teammates there and whatnot. Nobody cheered like these people. And then we found out they had a whole nother section of people over in the middle, like her sisters and her cousins and all these other people. These motherfuckers came all the way out from California to throw down. Oh, yeah. Um, Yaya was facing, uh, I'll think of her name in a second, uh, Brooks, Brooksy Bayard, um, who's also like a, a newer fighter got a uh i think had a decent amateur record and maybe is zero and one or or one and one as a pro so early in her career too but not her debut fight this girl yaya comes out and i'm sitting next to her family and i see her doing the stalking thing around the cage and she's like going back and forth and i'm like oh shit she's gonna fucking adrenaline dump She's fucking toast. <laughs> like, I'm feeling yeah, I'm bad. I'm thinking she's going to fucking kill this other girl if she's walking around like that. No, but. well, I mean, exactly. That's great. And, like, having that energy is awesome. But anybody who's been in any kind of real fight in a ring or cage knows, and, and I know this from experience, like, you think getting hyped up like that before the fight is the thing that's going to do it for you? And it is if you can win in the first 30 seconds. <laughs> if yeah. not, what's going to happen is if you get too amped up, you're going to fucking adrenaline dump and you're going to fucking die out there. Yeah. You're going to you're going to feel the worst you've ever felt in your whole life because you don't know shit about energy drains until you're super hyped up. Somebody hits you in the face and all of your adrenaline goes away at once. It is like ah! you want to sleep immediately for four days. That while someone is trying to murder you. Yeah, that's a real thing. That uh, doesn't sound good. No, no, and it happens to fighters all the time. And don't get me wrong. These guys are professional athletes. So when it happens to them, they have different ways of pushing through it. But you'll see guys that are fucking murdering people in the first round. And then the second or third round, if they have that weird adrenaline dump, shit is over. So I'm thinking to myself, oh, fuck this poor girl in her debut fight. It happens to debut fighters all the time. The big lights, the TV cameras are there. You hear your name announced by the fucking ring announcer. The place is packed. Your mom is fucking there right next to me yelling for you to win. And I'm like, oh, damn it. Yeah, yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. So she's mixing it up with this Brooksy Bayard. It's a really good fight. They're on very good skill level uh, match for each other. And this is a 135 fight. So Yaya, who's who's a very pretty girl, is actually 
fucking yoked. <laughs> like, I, like I could flex and she would, her arm would be like twice mine. You and think JBL would be into her? Yes, for sure. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But her boyfriend was there and I don't think he'd appreciate that. So. Wait, you said her sisters were there too, right? Yeah, I think so. Sisters so, and cousins. So the, so the Yaya sisterhood was there? I, I fucking had to do it. I'm sorry. You had to go had there, to, didn't you? Oh, I had man. to do it. I, I don't even, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know the girl's family or whatever. Like if she comes on the show, maybe we can ask her. Um, so anyway, she had some moments where she, she was clearly winning, but then all of a sudden she would get in a slightly bad position or she would miss a move a little bit and they would get kind of tied up and she was catching some blows. Uh, second round, she got cut open a little bit, was bleeding, but then all of a sudden she starts finding a home for the right hand and it's there every fucking time every time she moves comes back and hits this girl with the right hand and hits brooksy right in the fucking grill uh and brooksy was still swinging overhand rights and trying to come over the top and get it like it was exciting um but yaya clearly pulled it out and her family being there and the crowd totally got behind her like how you can't ask for more to debut fight and and for the top fight on the card wasn't even i don't even think a uh, big announcement for the show phenomenal way to kick it off like you know Big props to Shannon and all the people booking and Julie over there booking the show because the booking is what makes Invicta work. They put two fighters that are going to give each other a fight in there every time, regardless of what's going on. Um, the other good fights... does not do. Yeah, no, other places don't do that at all. Uh, Andrea no. KGB Lee, who I think is a big prospect, barely won her fight over Liz Tracy uh, with a split decision. I think KGB could be the next big thing because she's kind of like, because like all the risks she takes, you know, she's like possibly the female version of Cowboy Cerrone a little bit, even wears the cowboy hat and she talks a good game and she's just kind of scrappy. But along with like eking out these scary wins where you see her taking damage and barely getting by, she's got to have some of those big, impressive wins too. I don't know, Justin. To really be cowboy, a star. You can't have a cowboy thing and call yourself KGB. Because first of all, she's basically saying, I'm the one who got Trump elected. And then she's fucking wearing a cowboy hat. And it doesn't work. She's got to wear one of those furry fucking Nikolai Volkov hats with the CCCP shirt. I don't and even know where she got the KGB name from. I mean, I think she got it from somewhere. But it, I mean, her gimmick is really she's kind of a down home country girl. Maybe she really liked KG burgers in uh, Vegas, which is now closed, which I'm so sad because those are some good fucking burgers. Maybe. Um, anyway, so I, I think she's an exciting prospect. The big fight, uh, the, the, the fight that got everyone more hyped than the Yaya Rincon fight at the beginning was Roxanne Martafari. She came out dressed as a Power Ranger or something to the weigh-in. Everyone loves her. The whole crowd was on her side. Fighters from other camps who were sitting in the stands were all cheering for her. I mean, I halfway thought her opponent, Sarah D'Elio, was uh, cheering for her, too. Like, I don't even know. Like, she's so fucking over, and she's such a weirdo and a dork, and she goes did by they, the happy Did they warrior. put on the red light, Justin, for Roxanne? Yes. <laughs> Roxanne! Better than Taker. Yes. So, Fuck anyway. You. Oh, God. You don't even start. Um, Roxanne brought the house down. It was probably one of her best fights ever. And she showed phenomenal grit. She had she she was in trouble a couple of times, but she she really took over the fight. She finally, for being such like the nicest person in real life, and I actually met her before the show briefly, nicest person in the entire universe, actually finally showed some killer instinct. 
She had Sarah rocked at one point and hesitated to finish her, but then finally went in for the kill and like put on a show-stopping performance that, that yeah. lit up the crowd. It was good times. That was like really, really fun. earlier when we were discussing Killer Cross. Yeah, well, he's crossed well, the threshold. He clearly has the killer cross instinct. that line, and they're willing to just go for blood. I hope I hope you're lining up all these people as like fucking yes for our podcast, Justin. I don't know if we can get Roxanne or not, but maybe we'll try. I I, I hope we can get Yaya. It's early in her career. I'd love to have her be the first uh, professional fighter that comes on this show. Uh, you know, us starting out, her starting out. I'd love to hear her story. I know a little bit of it. Um. But it was just a really cool moment for for someone in that position to get their first win as a debut yeah. with, their, with everyone there. And it was really exciting for me, too. Like, I felt the excitement with her. I'm completely a fan now. I don't know if she has any other big fans that have podcasts, so maybe she'll come on and talk to our I, you know, 400 listeners. It was like some fucking Cecil Peoples judging decision at the end of the fight. And then it would have put a whole damper on the show. Well, you know I mean, she, I mean? she, uh, I thought that maybe it was going to be like that. I think the judges got it right, though. Uh, there were some yeah, moments, good. though, and there was some like some, some scariness, you know, when the cards came up, but she got the win. Um, and then the final fight, I, I'm never going to get this name right. Ajnishketch Nidvich. Uh, we just call her Kuma. She remains undefeated, beating, uh, you know, perennial contender Vanessa Porto. And she put herself in line in front of KGB for a possible tighter shot with a much better performance than anybody else on the night that was in her weight class. Uh, that fight wasn't very exciting to me, but I like Kuma. I think she's interesting. She's also Yo, very Kuma. pretty. Um, I think she's very marketable for uh, uh, Eastern European fighters. So we'll see Kuma what they do with her. bear in Japanese, though. Does she look yeah. like a bear? Is she like yeah, they call like – in fact, they, they announced her as bear, I think, in English. But the nickname oh. she originally got was Kuma. And not bear. I think they're 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 you know switching what? it to English. It's Kuma and Tekken. But I believe she's Polish. I believe she's another Polish fighter. And you know I like the Polish fighters. Um, our girl JJ. Who's a Polish fighter that you like, Justin? I'm sorry. Joanna uh, Jędrzejczyk. I just wanted to, to make you pronounce it. Uh, I can't. Jędrzejczyk. All you have to do is put a whole lot of consonants together with very very few vowels, and somehow you get Jędrzejczyk. Yeah, you know, I just call her Joanna Champion or um, JJ. Ma'am. I call her Ma'am. Ma'am. <laughs> yes. Um, I don't know. I, I have to say, like, I don't know that she's the most beautiful woman in the world, but there are some things that she does when she's being kind of sarcastic and angry that are maybe the sexiest things that have ever happened, <laughs> ever. <laughs> I'm just saying, when she's, like, looking at her opponents and she's just like, I'm going to, there's just something about it when she does it. I'm like, damn, that girl is something. Now, you know, now, and, now that we know Justin's fetishes, we're, we're, now it's time for Byron to talk about people in bear costumes. Yeah, right there. <laughs> you might have. Um, look, I know you got to get out of here, Casey. Um, I don't know if you want to stay for my last topic of the night or not. It's completely up to you, brother. But I need to talk about two things, the Tyler Bate-Pete Dunn match and the yeah. Jim Mahal era. Okay, no, you know what? I'm fucking out of here. Have fun. <laughs> I figured Have I'd fun. let you off the hook with the, with the, the choice. But thanks for, for being here, Lucha Gringo. Hopefully we settle the beef with yeah. you and DJ. Hopefully you, you and – Yeah, we settled it. I'm, I don't I'm know. more mad now than I was then when I was, like, actively listening to it. I'm, like, really angry. I Like – my heart was torn out by someone I respect so much in the wrestling business. And that was 
Um, the day that wings shut down. Oh, fuck. Well, I think, look, I think there's a way that we can bury the hatchet between you and DJ. I'm going to personally work on that. I'm, I'm going to see if there's a way that we can make this okay between you guys. Um, I also hope that you and Rob Viper and J-Man and Lucha Blog and a lot of the other fans that soured a little bit on what Lucha Underground was doing, give it a chance. And Casey, I know you were there for a lot of these tapings too. You and I both know some of the best shit that Lucha's ever done is still coming yeah i know i'm totally full of shit i i saw it's hard. i know but it's hard it is hard to be excited like some of this shit really did slow down the passion that a lot of people had for the product it really did there's no two ways about it i can't say that that didn't happen they, it happened we, we all had to find like different things to be passionate and excited about when it was gone you know most of us turned into you know cmbt i'm not gonna spell it out because i don't want to get an even worse than explicit tag but um you know, that's what most of us turn to, right, guys? Yeah. Right, guys? What? Yes, right. Just say right, Byron. Sure. All right, guys. All right, get oh. out of here. Go get your Tekken. Casey's off to the local GameStop to get his Tekken and his Hiahachi yeah. pin. So <sighs> have fun with that. Go get in your line before you get before you miss out and get mad at me because I yeah. made you do the stupid podcast. I'm but hey, right don't on. forget, I gave up my fucking calves tonight. So I'm sorry I made you late for Tekken, Casey. We all have to sacrifice you know some what, time. Dude, your fucking calves don't let you put a bullet club shirt on a fucking bear, okay? All right, that's true. See you guys later. All right, Actually, brother. I don't think well don't then get out of here anyway all right byron yeah we gotta talk about this because I, even though casey should be here to talk about it mm-hmm. i have to talk about tyler bait and pete dunn i know it's not the freshest news in the world but style is the future flippy yeah. shit strong style holds selling old school ring psychology and yes dives perfect fucking match if I've ever seen one perfect yeah. fucking match NXT takeover, I, I was blown away. JR coming down, doing the announcing too, a fucking genius stroke. Uh, I don't know what made them do that or why or what his place was there, but it added just the amount of extra credence that the whole thing needed. I felt like I was watching something special. I was watching something that had aged to perfection. I was watching for the first time in a long time, WWE 100% getting something right. Am I nuts? It was, it was, yeah, no, it was the best match of the whole pay-per-view. I mean, you go top to bottom, like that was, that, that could have closed the show. I, it no almost should have. I was happy it was that early in the show because I, I think it was the only belt that changed hands, by the way. Um, but yeah, it was it was worth it. Didn't the world title? No, no, that was on TakeOver. No, I'm talking on TakeOver. I don't think any of the other NXT belts changed hands. Oh, yeah. No, but that was the best match of the weekend. Um, but I, that, I was had, my, that was possibly one of the best matches of this year. I, I mean, and yeah. we've seen some good ones like all the Keith Lee stuff, some of the Leo Rush stuff. I'm talking indies, majors. Lucha Underground, like so oh, far this year. I mean, I know two matches that are probably coming that uh, will top it, but um, so far this year of televised matches, that might yeah. be my favorite. It's, uh, um, it's. I mean, it, it was really good, but I think it's ironic that Casey just left because how you describe this is how Casey kind of describes battle arts. Um and but to this level of perfection really i don't yeah, well, know the thing, the thing about battle art well battle arts is is 
more Japanese type of wrestling, but and this is uh, British style, UK style, um, but it's still the same kind of it incorporates acrobatics while a more realistic style of grappling and and holds and and strikes. It's similar. It's the same type of presentation of a different uh, flavor, I think. So I think Casey would have loved it and loved to talk about it. But I think it's I think but it's I don't know if Casey will ever watch something like this, even though I think they reran it on Hulu as well as network. Um, yeah, but they're not WWE guys. I saw I, I was at some live uh, NXT live shows. I saw Tyler Bate uh, in a match and he was pretty good. But Pete Dunn, you look at Pete Dunn and you go, oh, this guy's far above anyone else on raw or smackdown not everyone but most of the guys because he comes out you look at him you f- you figure it out immediately he looks yeah bully who get who wins he looks kind of like what kevin owens was as a kid he's the he's the old kevin steen he's not the new ko <laughs> yeah and, but he, oh, I saw him that on NXT. Him and uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm doing bad. I'm, it's late. I forgot the name. But he fought this other guy who came out to a simple like name graphic. I thought, oh, it's a quick jobber match, whatever. And they had a monster of a match. They fought in the UK tournament. These guys from the UK tournament, they're legit. They're really good. And Pete Dunne is a superstar. I, I mean, I think Tyler Bates is a superstar too. I, again, yeah. And I know they've been working this match for a long time, and I know that it's an anomaly to have two guys that have a match perfected really get the chance to work it on television like this. But they did, and it was great. And it was great. It was perfect. So it's just I was really happy about the whole thing. Um, and I, I just can't say enough good stuff about it. The rest of the, the NXT card was still pretty good, but it wasn't that good. It wasn't as good as that match. Yeah, it wasn't. Um, I do. I'm a little concerned that this goes the way of like 205 Live or, you know, these guys are presented as like they get the UK title, but they don't. They're not heavyweights. And it's important. And it's important for them to fight heavyweights in their matches. Well, I mean, why does WWE have all this programming anyway? Like, what are we doing here? 205 Live and the UK title should all just be rolled into NXT at this point, right? Or SmackDown, even for that matter. SmackDown's not that great right now. Too many shows. I would, yeah, I would throw it in. A, I would throw it in a SmackDown. NXT is getting back to being developmental, and there's some cool stuff, but you're you're also watching people learn how to do what they do. You know, I think they should do a satellite segment on SmackDown. Put the UK storylines in there. Let the guys still fight in the UK, but have the UK belt as a SmackDown belt. And then maybe every now and then they come over, do a show over here or a SmackDown pay-per-view and give them the time that they want or or do it on Raw even. Come on, three fucking hours on Raw. You got to be able to find a spot for it there. They tried that with the cruiser rates. Yeah, <laughs> but it's, yeah, but it's, but it's, the thing, uh, one, speaking of production value, uh, I, on this past episode of NXT and other ones that I, I've been watching, their out of, out of ring segments are beyond awful. Like there was one overblown shot of Bobby Root in a, in a, in a limo or in a car. And it's just a shot on his face and he cuts a little promo. His audio is just the dirt worse. It's like an iPhone video in a car and they they like did a super low end cut to take the rumble out and it's just 
it's so bad. And then they have other stuff of like a lot. Now they're doing the whole like, oh, they bumped into each other at a, in, in the gym and they don't like each other. Now they're going to fight. And it's just if for, a, for a film school, you'd think they'd be able to do something a little better. Man, I don't know. I just hope people don't pick apart my next fucking Discovery Channel show like we pick apart everyone else's shows. <laughs> I'm never going to tell you guys notes. the name of my show because people are going to fuck with me so bad. I just got notes back for the first episode that we did. And uh, I got, I'll tell you some stuff off the air that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, you said it shot well. My shit's going to network next my week, so uh, we can talk. My show looks great, though. My show looks amazing. It's going to be more about like character stuff, so we'll see how it works. Anyway, um, before I get to great the new champ, I'm going to talk about... Hey, you got to turn your sound down. I'm starting to echo back on your side, I think. Oh. Um, Is it better now? Yeah, much better. Anyway, Alexis Bliss rocks, and so does her mom, and another one that Casey should be here for, because I know Casey loves Alexa Bliss's mom. He kind of has a thing for her, sexually. Well, but uh, look, her mom looks as young as she does, and she seems really, really nice and awesome. Um, and Alexa Bliss is fucking killing it. I don't I like the crowd was mm -hmm. wanting her this week at Raw, and she just fed into it perfectly. She actually knows how to cut a real promo. I feel yeah. like I'm watching a bona fide star. Like she could come out with a beer truck like Steve Austin. She could do a rock level gimmick. I think if you put her, regardless of the fact that she's a woman, if you put her in a headlining spot, like yeah. a true headlining spot, you, she'd be great. And I don't even care about her in-ring ability. She's got the personality and charisma and the work ethic. She is finally one of the first women to break out of this crop of all the greatness mm -hmm. that we knew Sasha had and all the greatness that we knew Bailey had and all the potential that Charlotte had that she actually inhabited very, very well for her O2 brief run. Now we found out as, as the top star um, all this time, little Alexa was sitting there and she was the real superstar and none of us fucking knew it. She is fabulous. <laughs> yeah. She's yeah, she. There were two things that she had it. She had to do when she made the leap from NXT, because um, she did well in NXT at, when she turned heel. Like she had, she had the facials. You were noticing those when she was still a face, and and then she got the attitude and the swagger and kind of built that character together. Um, but when she came up, she needed to still work. You know, that's a thing. You have the smaller types. You have AJ Lee, even Sasha Banks, like King of Re but King of Wrestle a match still. Like you still have to go up against the Charlotte Flair every now and then. She still has to like fight Nia Jax at some point. And you know, she's a small gymnast who does a flippy flippy thing for her finish, you know? And she had to make that jump to um to like look believable in the ring. She doesn't have to be overly impressive. She doesn't have to do like a Sasha dive where she kills herself every match. No, she just has or to the sell the right off. way and sell but the she moves. Has to, yeah, she's like, oh, oh, she's like a lot more old school in that approach that she's character driven, but she's made everything she does in the ring believable. And then the more important thing is she has really settled in with the live crowds on the live show. 
Oh, so and, amazing. Like her, her in-ring work and she's just not, she's not getting phased or flustered. Like, God, even you see Sasha, it's like, Sasha, you've been in arenas with 60,000 people in them now. Like, there's no reason you should ever be getting flustered during a promo. And even Sasha, she still watches them every now and then. Bailey, yeah, so much better in NXT than she is on Raw. Like, she is yeah. not handling the stick time on Raw well at all, in my opinion. I think she's just well, horrible she's, in the stick now. She's like a Sami Zayn type character where you're, the crowd needs to kind of get behind, as a babyface, crowd has to get behind her and and get emotionally connected with her. Yeah, and, but that's not – see, and that's my problem. That's not the crowd's responsibility. Like at NXT, no, but they're yes, not writing the crowd her. takes that exp- responsibility. But at Raw, it's your responsibility. Half of those people in every arena are casuals. They're not yeah. fucking marks. At least four to 10,000 people in every arena that they hit for Raw are casuals. And it is your job as a babyface to make them believe in you every time. And I don't think Bailey can do it. Yeah, it's, I mean, they're not doing her any favors with creative. Um, no, they're not. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying they are, but you know how it goes. Like, if creative ain't with you, then you need to get with you. You've got to yeah. get yourself over. They're giving her enough camera time. You know, maybe the gimmicks aren't the best in the world, but look at what Charlotte did. Charlotte yeah. took some half assed gimmicks and she really ran with them for a couple of months. And she really, you know, and her in ring gimmicks, like her mic time wasn't the best. But she she felt it through, and she got there to yeah. the point where all of a sudden she got herself over. They weren't that changing works. the booking all that much. In fact, the booking at the end of the day fucked Charlotte, but she still got over. I don't know what the fuck they're doing with her on SmackDown now. That whole thing is sideways. But but that might be a thing that uh, I mean, maybe she's cooling off on SmackDown or helping bring you know everyone else there up. But uh, maybe it was that, just a really you know, weird kind a- of face turn, like. They had so many opportunities for her to tell her dad to fuck off and get kind of a women's empowerment real face turn out of her. And now they're yeah. just going to soft turn her with this welcoming committee being on the other side. And Natalia, who breaks kayfabe constantly in the middle of her promos, like that's going to be the foil that somehow pushes Charlotte face. I don't get that at all. That's I don't just, know. I'm not, I haven't really been watching the past few weeks. I had solid. I had solid. They have the money in the bank. I think that, I think that, um, I think that just in general, she can be used to help bring everyone else up. It just makes everyone else legitimate, uh, more legitimate. Um, and they can learn a lot from her in her short experience. We'll see. Um, yes, to teach. Or, but I do think, though, that there is sort of a generational thing. Uh, Brian Kendrick sort of talked to Steve Austin about this, how, like, the current generation doesn't really – there's a difference, like, from past ones. They don't really try and learn and ask questions and things like that. And part of, part of that is that uh, brass ring that Vince McMahon talked about a while ago in that promo that everyone kind of references. And, you know, and you talk about how The Rock – and Trouble H, you, you know, they still kind of don't like each other out of competitiveness. And they were always trying to one-up each other. And, you you know, you could kind of tell, like, back in the day, it made the product better. Guys were trying to get on each other. Like, All of them. Like, I mean, even Cena, you know. Or they said, go to business for yourself, and you stay sharper, right? 
And I, you don't even have to go to like business for yourself. Like, you want your thing to be better than the guy who just came out before you. Like there was a certain thing where it's competitive and maybe it's even friendly competitive, but you wanted your promo to be hotter. You wanted your finish to be hotter. You wanted the crowd popping at your move hard. Like yeah. those guys at the end of the Attitude Era all did that. Even Cena, when he was coming through, he was like, oh, wow, I'm getting stuck with the shitty vanilla ice gimmick but I'm going to fucking make it work. Like I'm going to show these guys. I could do what, what Rocky Maivia did and turned his bullshit around into something. What Stone Cold yeah. Steve Austin did and turned his mid card status around into something. What JBL was fucking doing at the time and breaking out of tag team and mid card hell. Like all those guys were doing that. I mean, at, for Christ's sakes, JBL got to a fucking title. He was terrible as a character back then. And he even turned it around. And I think it was purely because that guy's a prick face motherfucker that doesn't want to go in the back and have anyone say that he wasn't fucking putting in his work or his time. So he just plain old stepped up his fucking game just to compete with the boys yeah. in the back. And it made him 10 times better. And I actually even liked him as a character for about four or five months. I mean, all those guys yeah, then did that, but nobody does that now. Where's that now? Why, why isn't Finn Balor well, doing that? now? Why isn't Sami Zayn doing that now? Where are these guys at? Well, uh, on SmackDown, this past SmackDown, uh, I don't know how confirmed this is. I saw I saw something online. I saw a clip of the finish, and it makes me think. Um, the finish was, uh, so you have AJ Styles versus Dolph Ziggler. Right. In Atlanta. And it was this big thing. Of course, you know, AJ loses in his hometown because they do that all the time. But it looks like AJ at, at the finish uh lands and throws his leg on the rope and then he's supposed to get pinned like that but ziggler grabs the leg and goes for a pinfall and then you see during the pinfall aj's trying to put the leg back on the rope and after the pinfall the leg ends up back on the rope right so i've seen the speculation too that that maybe dolph went into business i think so I, really? I would. I, I, it's it's something to think about. I don't. I don't know. Well, I, I mean, mean, look, he had to get his heat back after the Shinsuke thing, right? So, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Like, it's not like he's not getting the fucking camera time. But like, if you're gonna go, if you're if you're Dolph Ziggler and you're gonna go into business for yourself, cut a hotter promo. Like, do you have to take it out at yeah. AJ's expense? That's kind of fucked. I just. I. I. I don't know. It just it's a thing that kind of makes you wonder like what happened here because you could have been a botch too, though. Could have been something that was rewritten late you know how they do fucking vince changed something at the last yeah. minute and the referee is telling dolph go home and and dolph's thinking it's one thing and aj's yeah. thinking it's another thing it could happen but i like i kind of i kind of like i kind of like dolph having that little bit of uh edge to him or that little bit of like you know, bringing that back a little bit. Like, he I'm going to make something. sure that I look good. Like, I don't know. Like, his but, Shinsuke thing didn't totally work for me. It was like, it was a program written yeah, to like be the for The Miz. Um, But then they had Shinsuke do it. Like, if it was The Miz, Shinsuke would have gotten over so much harder than Dolph. I, I mean, than Dolph. So, like, and it was like, almost like Dolph was trying to play The Miz in that whole thing. I really feel like they wrote it for The Miz, and then they decided... No, no, we need to put Miz over on Raw to even that out. And then Dolph gets stuck yeah. with the gimmick, and he just couldn't sell it the same way. 
And I think it hurt Shinsuke's debut and him. Like, it just didn't work to me. It definitely hurt Shinsuke's debut to have him just do an opener against Dolph Ziggler. Like, who who thought Shinsuke was going to lose? And, and That like could have been fire, still- though. It was all about the promos. It had to be about the promos. And they just weren't fire. They weren't there. And it's not going to be Shinsuke yeah, that Shinsuke does the promo. Is- I mean, you've seen his promos on SmackDown. The audience is still kind of like... Am I supposed to be cheering this guy? He can barely get out a sentence. I mean, the casuals, they love the entrance, you know, but they're not quite buying the Kinshasa yet. They're definitely not buying his promos yet. It was really good to put him in the ring with like five or six people two weeks ago or however they did it. Um, You know, Shinsuke will get there. He is really a star, but it's going to take a while to educate the casuals to Shinsuke. But they also, they kind of... He needs to get that his finish. He needs to get his finish looking better in the WWE because yeah, it used to sure. be a running knee to a kneeling person, and then he can hit it in various forms, at least in a way to set up the full impact of the of the running knee to a guy kneeling down. Like he could jump off the ropes or whatever, right? And now it's almost like a roundhouse kick to a guy standing, and it's all done real fast, and it's. And it's a single single knockout. And it's well, but you know what he needs? It's not he needs Sami Zayn. Like he's got a feud with Sami Zayn, and I just don't know with where their characters are at right now. Um, if they can do that. But the person that's gonna get Shinsuke over to me is Sami Zayn. That's the only way and yeah. I, I think it'd be great for both of them, but they gotta figure out a way story wise for it to make sense. And I have a feeling it's in the plans, it's just not for now. It's probably for winter would be my guess somewhere in there, but he's the guy um, they can't do an AJ Shinsuke thing. There's too much money in it for them to do it. Now it's like a yeah. SummerSlam, not yes. this year, but next year kind of thing. Um, we'll see. How do you not do that at WrestleMania? No, no, it's too soon at WrestleMania. You do, you do the, the, no, you do the third match. The third time they wrestle at WrestleMania 2019. You do their first big feud yeah. leading up to SummerSlam 2018. Then you do something in the fall with them. And then you bring it back 2019 WrestleMania. And it's the hugest thing ever. It's the second co-main or whatever for the belt. And it's huge. But you, it, but it takes that yeah. long. And you've got to be Vince McMahon. You've got to be thinking that deep. You've got to be thinking in chess moves that deep with some of these characters and where you take them. And if he's not thinking about the AJ Shinsuke blow off two or three years from now, then he's not the the genius of wrestling that we think he is because you can't hot shot that you have to build Shinsuke. He needs a Sami Zayn first, maybe even KO. Uh, he's got to go through a couple of these other guys that can make him look credible, that can sell strong style, that can sell his fading strong style. I should say, because it is fading for Shinsuke, whether you want to believe it or not, his best days are not in front of him. He can still have great, great moments in WWE, but they've yeah. got to build the right programs and the right opponents, and they got to be guys who can talk. And Shinsuke needs to get better at talking while that's happening. Yeah. It just has to happen. I mean, he he's in the best spot for him career-wise right now because he's making good money, and it's in a less impactful type of uh, a presentation. You know, it's better for him. And it's better for his career longevity. For he could sure. probably get more years out of WWE than in Japan. But he, yeah, he definitely needs to. There's only so long he can coast off of the, um, you know, 
his matches, uh, you know, his Wrestle Kingdom matches that you can yeah. find on Daily Motion. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, all right, so the the uh, the elephant in the room, or the Maharaja on an elephant in the room, Jinder fucking Mahal. Uh, we haven't had a chance to talk about it on this show yet. It's not the newest of news, but you know, the last yeah. time we talked about Jinder Mahal, he potatoed Finn Balor, um, got a receipt the following night when he got sent around in the superstar shuffle cakes, whatever the fuck that was, and here it is, like a month later, and the motherfucker is the champion of the world who thunk jinder mahal was the guy and i'm gonna tell you right now i think it's a really really good and smart choice am i crazy i think so too okay so Um, like we need casey here to tell us how awful this is because i think it's fucking kind of great I, as, as someone, I mean, if I were watching the show, it's just Randy Orton is really boring and he's, it's no offense. I think he's really good, but he's just, there was, a, we all put in faith. Like a lot of us like thought, okay, him and the Bray Wyatt thing, that whole long story, he's we're doing something new. It's going to be interesting. This is good. I'm going to invest in an Orton storyline again. And it was flat and boring, ended up being just garbage at the very end. And now it's like, why would you care anymore? Why are we going to invest in Orton? Next thing you know, this new guy comes out jacked to the gills. He's looking jacked, baby. And then next thing you know, he wins. It was great. Now, I mean, look, he is the guy. He, he He's what Vince has always given us that's worked. He's got the Vince look. He's super duper big, super duper cut. Um, He's a decent in-ring performer. I'm not going to no-sell the guy. Like He's got some decent stuff going on there. It's believable when he sells. He's got the -the over-the-top facial expressions with the... You know, I mean, he is bending the shit out of his face on those ring entrances. (laughs) And it like to the point where I think it hurts his eyeballs to scrunch himself up like that. It is the equivalent of what The Rock was doing with his eyebrow for a while. Um, The promos, he's getting the time. He's cutting them. They're passable. <laughs> They're not yeah. great, yet, but, but he's doing the right thing. They're well, not they overly playing up the race angle, which is good. Yeah. But, but he yeah, has, like he has, other, he has another element to his character that they're still trying to figure out how to present on the main event level. But that's what's good about it. I think that sometimes yeah. you put a guy there and you figure it out while they're there. Because if you sell it to us, the fans, so much before the guy gets there, by the time he gets there, we already know what the shtick is going to be. Jinder Mahal is good TV because none of us know what the shtick is going to be. Is this going to be like the evil Russian Cold War race gimmick that Vince would have done in 1990 or 1980-something? Probably not. Like, it's just not going to work. It's not going to fly. So how do you heal this guy out who's, you know, a Sikh? who are basically kind of peaceful people <laughs> regardless That's of whatever racist like, Americans think like the Sikhs are undeniably some of the most pacifist people on the entire fucking planet, by the way. So it's funny that Jinder Mahal is basically a Sikh. Um, it's part of his character. Though. He brings up how he bring he like he, that's how he came at first and everyone rejected him. So now he's going to beat everyone gonna up on his shoulder. I love it. I love the theatrics that that comes with him. 
he has you know the he has those guys that you know randy orton drops on his head the they Singh do the brothers whole, or whatever. Um, you know yeah and so it's i think it's i think it's great i, I as far as business wise it's like it's a no-brainer you know who knows how it's going to come across with ratings or sell tickets but india is well, a hot market I, yeah, I was just gonna say india is a pretty hot market you know speaking of guys who are a little bit mean I, kevin cross has even wrestled over there you know um yeah and it, you see his videos from it it was huge they love it yeah i mean i think the whole thing is i think the whole thing is pretty amazing um i i just it's just good for business and i i, I yeah. was not a huge fan of gender mahal is just not something i would have seen and this is these are the moments when i like vince mcmahon because i feel like this was 100 percent a vince thing uh, i'll be really interested to find out years from now if there was someone else in the writer's room who really championed this um and it wasn't a vince idea but it feels 100 percent vince to me it just seems like the kind of thing that he likes the kind of thing that he does and the kind of thing that he more than anyone else in the wrestling business is qualified and knows how to make it work. Like when Vince tries to mm -hmm. make these indie guys work, he doesn't get what's good about them or how it works or why some guy that he heard was great at NXT doesn't fucking work at raw yeah. because he doesn't know how to fucking book them. And every time the writers get the formula cracked, Vince comes in and changes the booking at the last minute. This feels like the thing that was created by Vince Vince knows it. Vince gets it. Vince can make it work, and he can still entertain me with it, like he does every now and then from time to time. I don't think Vince created the Attitude Era, um, but I do think he created the Undertaker, Paul Heyman. You know, I don't yeah. think Vince can get Finn Balor over, but he can get Jinder Mahal over. You know, and these are the things I want to see Vince invested in. This is what I want from Vince McMahon. This is what I think SmackDown yeah. needs right now. It's a good choice. Anyway, that's my. That's take why I like SmackDown. That's why I like SmackDown more than Raw because I think that's what we used to get during the Monday Night Wars. We used to get yeah a lot of like oh we're, we we discover and like learn guys as they develop their characters like Jericho coming up and things like that and it's gotten super stale and overly written and and maybe the wrestlers are getting a little bit more dependent on okay write me a character and I'll go out and do a line or whatever and do the promos as you write them you know it's just overly stiff and now on Smackdown uh, and even after the draft they reset it so it's like this it's you have a bunch of people like the women's division was a bunch of nobodies yeah it was and now they're all characters so you're all invested and maybe you like them maybe they're not that great but they're all characters and i have one of those too yeah um and uh and, and so it's, it's stuff like that and it's stuff like um you have what kurt uh curtis hawkins coming out and he's just he's not one in matches but he's a solid character on the show and you have a lot of those things you know with gender you have people come out and and they become something and right they in front do of you. okay so let's talk about the drifter Rob. what's his name elias what's his face uh elias sampson thank you him doing a squash match, doing a squash match. Made, me made me realize some of the things i loved about wrestling growing up like his character when he came out the week before and did the same thing singing thing didn't really quite get over this time he did the singing thing yeah. and people were kind of like, okay, I get where the gimmick's going, but I still, it's still not totally over. And then 
He puts on a great fucking squash match against some jobber who also did a really good job. Whoever that kid was, was perfect. Uh, he sold perfectly. I'm sorry I don't have his name in front of me, but uh, kudos to that kid. I hope that was a good tryout for him, and I hope he gets a job on 205 Live or whatever because he was awesome. Anyway, he got fucking smushed. Dear Lord, I want to see more of this. If you're giving me seven hours of wrestling programming from your one fucking promotion a week, damn it, there should be like 15 fucking squashes a week against jobbers yeah. or even decent matches against jobbers where you know the name guy's going over. Please, dear Lord, well, stop trying to make every fucking match some kind of main event. It doesn't work. And then when you get to a pay-per-view, I'm still watching the same shit that I already saw leading up for the last five weeks before it yeah. as a fucking blow-off now that doesn't even get blown off half the time. This is part of the problem with WWE. Having the Drifter come out, squash some fucking kid off the indies who did a great job in his tryout is exactly what WWE needs more of. Please, dear God, please. Gives the indie workers a chance to get in there and perform in front of a big audience. Gives your main guys a chance to really get over. Makes me feel like they're fucking important. Sells the fucking gimmick because the important part is what we needed to know was Elias' fucking gimmick. We need to understand it. We need to see it a few times. And we need to know that when the motherfucker puts the guitar down, he's a goddamn killer. And the only way to do that is with a great squash match. I don't want to see him kill Sami Zayn. I don't want to see him kill Tyler Breeze or some other fucking guy who needs to be getting his push of his own on the fucking main roster. This is what I want to see until they put him in a feud, put him in two real feuds for the year, let him squash the fuck out of people week after week. Why is this not part of wrestling television anymore? What is wrong with that? Why does every match have to be against another name on the roster? That's why you have shitty 50-50 booking. We didn't they have 50 um, growing up because we had squash matches every week. They did. They started. They brought them back briefly. Um, they had when they did the brand split and they introduced a new style. And I think they just got rid of it. I think they just kind of the characters moved on. So then they I get, they may have just kept them with like Nia Jax, uh, Braun, and even Bo Dallas. They were doing squashes. And then Bo Dallas, they got rid of. I don't know what he's doing. And then, you know, the other two moved into competitive matches, which they still should be doing squash. You're right. They You should still yeah, have showcase matches like that. Well, I'm curious what the Drifter's finish was because I think he was doing the Cobra Cut Clutch Slam in NXT. That's what Gender's using. Yeah. I think Andre's right. It's weird that kind of the, the mid-card titles feel more important, but I think that that's a good thing for right now. I think that, uh, you know, yeah. Andre, if you're listening, I still, I think that that's going to build in a good way. I actually believe that WWE is on the right path right now. Um, so, okay, here's my last rant of the night. I got to end with one more rant, even though I know I've been on a fucking hot take spree all night. Here, here's my deal. If you are friends with me on Facebook or you follow me on Twitter, Regardless of how we got there, please don't unfriend me if your shitty counterpart or whatever you think about your counterpart is all of a sudden a fucking problem for you. Either we're friends and we can get along or you shouldn't have fucking friended me in the first goddamn place. 
I don't care what your fucking old man or your old lady did to you that you guys got fucking problems. But either we're friends or we're not. And it tells me something that if you have to unfriend me because of whatever shady business your fucking person in life is doing, then you're just as shitty a person because you discount our friendship over some bullshit. And I don't normally get into Twitter beefs and I stay out of people's personal business. But if we have a connection and we talk about something and we're good, then I don't give a fuck about what your situation is with the other person. I can still coexist with two different people that no longer can coexist with each other. Just because I'm there and I know both people does not mean that I am picking sides or that I give a fuck in any way, shape, or form about your personal shit with that person. But please, if you are the significant other of somebody who's a friend of mine and you have only friended me because of that, fuck off, get off my Facebook, get off my Twitter. I don't fucking need you. And I would rather have you do it now than whenever you have some fucking beef with that person. Period. I don't care what your beef is. I don't get in people's personal shit. But if you take it out on me, fuck you. That's it. And and I and the person who knows that I'm talking about will probably know what I'm talking about and fuck them. So that's it. Well, you got anything to say, Byron? Oh. No. Byron's like, ah, I didn't know he was gonna go there. Fuck. Because Byron knows exactly what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> Goddamn bullshit. I, I feel really bad about that situation. I yeah, that situation's unfortunate, but why? Why you like you're just gonna get rid of half your fucking friends because of that? I, think I mean, ridiculous. yeah, no, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother part of it, but. Well, that's I the only other part. That's the only part I'm bitching about. Like, I'm not going to get into the, the, he said, she said, or what anybody did or why there's beef in the first place. I mean, that's, that's well, yeah, another I mean, social media quandary for some other program for some Dr. Phil level people that actually know and study some shit like that. All I'm saying is that if you yeah. friended me just because of your significant other then and you need to unfriend me now because you and your significant other have issues fuck you like i have nothing to do with that i didn't fuck you over i didn't say anything bad about you or have any kind of problem with you i'm not backing the other person more than you i don't give a fuck i'm not in it so either you're my friend yeah. or you're not but don't get on my friends list if we're not really friends <laughs> yeah yeah, what my man said. All right, Byron, you got anything else? Uh, uh, no, uh, it's so late. You got work tomorrow. I got work tomorrow. This was a stellar fucking show, whether yeah. anybody liked it or not. I enjoyed myself. I'm happy. Lucha Underground actually reinvigorated me, and I didn't think it would. I'm sorry for all those people who it didn't do that for. I think it will in the weeks to come. Keep watching it. It's worth it. Keep watching Invicta. UFC's got some good fights coming up. WWE's not in a terrible place right now. Um, TNA, I'm sorry, Impact, don't let the owl poke my eyes out, is also not in a terrible place right now. It's a good time to be a wrestling fan. It's a good time to be a fight fan. There's great stuff in New Japan. There's great stuff going on in AAA with Kevin Cross. There's good stuff in Lucha Underground. Impact. WWE's not horrible. Come on. The, the Tyler, Pete, whatever. That, that fucking was great. Um, European wrestling is super good right now. I don't know what the fuck Ring of Honor is doing these days. Maybe they're shitty. I don't know. I haven't watched them in a while. Um, 
But like, look, it's a great time to be a wrestling fan. Everybody stop bitching so much. There's yeah. great work going on out there. There's great performers out there, even though some of the best ones are whiny ass bitches. And I'm not afraid to tell them. And they know who they are. Stop whining and complaining. You signed your fucking contracts. Just go and do the fucking work. And then when it's time to get out of your contract, go do something else. Until then, shut the fuck up. Um, anyway, like, it's a great time. And I'm so, I feel so, so bad for the wrestling fans who feel like they're being shit on because I don't think they are. I think there's great stuff out there. I think there's great stuff to come. Mm-hmm. I think regardless of what you think about Vince's booking or Dorian's things with people's trademarks or people leaving this promotion or that, the other thing, like, look, Conan's doing great stuff in the crash and taking care of some of those guys that left AAA. They're still wrestling. You can still see them. They're still doing great shit. And they're still on Lucha Underground. So don't worry about it. Fuck it. They're gone from AAA. All you want to do is bitch about AAA anyway. Watch AAA if you want to see Cross smash your fucking idols. If you don't want to see that, don't watch AAA. Watch The Crash. Go down to a show on TJ. You can watch anything. Watch TNA. Watch, you know, UK wrestling on whatever. Watch Progress. There's all sorts of shit out there right now, so no wrestling fan should be mad. There's so many choices. You can have whatever the fuck you want. You can watch your flippy shit. You can watch your dives. You can watch your old school shit. You can watch Randy Orton blow people up on Twitter. You can, you know, listen to fucking podcasts. You can watch whatever. Like, there's so many choices right now. Everybody stop their bitching. Enjoy it. That's all I gotta say. I'm out of here. Byron, you're out of here? Yeah, hopefully at some point I'll be able to talk about uh, the best of the Super Juniors, but I haven't had time to watch. Do it next week. Make it a goal. Make it part of your life. All right, everybody. Love you all. Thanks for coming by. And until next time, stay calm and stay in the mix. Stay in the mix.